Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. What's up, everyone? Freddie the Pizza Man here, host of the Pizza Man Podcast. Now joining forces with ChristopherMedia.net. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, the Pizza Man Podcast. And, of course, find all the podcasts on ChristopherMedia.net. We talk Detroit sports. I bring on guests, uh, passions, opinions, uh, all for Detroit sports and more. We even talk pizza. So thanks for tuning in and uh, spread the word. From Asthma Core Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's Unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. All right, well, welcome to Unregimented number. What are we at, 229? Good God, man. I'm Chris. I'm Aaron. I'm Rich. I'm your friendly neighborhood Toddzilla. Yeah, welcome back. back again. <laughs> <laughs> you sound excited. Hi, guys. Hide your young it's children and small herpes. farm animals. Todd's here. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been, it's showing been, up. It's been Todd week here on Christopher Media. Would you, Todd, would you yeah. like to be on... Uh, what what is it? What is it? A uh, world championship wrestling podcast? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, if we ever have a NASCAR co- podcast, we'll make sure to schedule you for episode one. Seeing as how Sporgy went so well when that subject came up. Jesus Christ! <laughs> that was a fun episode. I'm glad I did that. To be honest with you, thanks for the invite, guys. It was. Someone is finally on my side when it comes to racing. I'm usually outnumbered. <laughs> yeah. Well. Don't act like I'm a huge fan. I just say it does take endurance to do what they fucking do. I didn't say they're world class athletes. It takes endurance and I to hold think your the breath. The car does all the work. It does. It takes endurance to hold your breath too. It doesn't make you an athlete. I, I'm not the one claiming they're world class athletes. He's not here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> He's in Kansas what? somewhere. All right. So I guess the first thing to talk about is, of course, surprise, surprise. Facebook has been collecting our information and peddling it. I'm just happy the first thing we're leading off with doesn't involve Donald Trump. So right on, for starters, on that. But yeah, color me shocked that, you know, I've been telling you guys in the pre-show chat, all these agreements that we just blindly click yes on, a company got caught doing something, quote-unquote, shady with it. Why are we acting like we're surprised? Was it so many people this week? Was it was hashtag delete Facebook or whatever? Which I saw an article like they're they're all running to Instagram, which is which is still owned by Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> well, it's not. I don't think it's about the company. I think it's about the platform, that specific platform. I don't think people care that uh, Zuckerberg owns Instagram so much as it's about Facebook itself, the actual that singular platform. I think it's the uh, the activism, if you want to call it that. Well, right, but the. They're upset over what Facebook is doing with their personal info, though. I mean, the, they would still the same company would still have the same information if you deleted your Facebook and started using Instagram. Yeah, well, they're separate accounts, right? I I don't know how that works. I think they are. Much I have an Instagram account. I, I've never done a personality profile or a personality, you know, poll. I guess is what uh, the uh, where the data, I suppose, was. 
uh, jerked from. I've never done one of those on Instagram. I've never done one of those on Facebook either, just to be clear. But is I've there, never seen one put forth like, on Instagram. So one I don't of those, know if the, uh, if like, necessary. which you know, member of the office the, are you? Like that, that type of poll? Is, are we talking about the polls where you like figure out which member of the office you are? Apparently, yeah, whatever it was. <clears throat> what fruit well, are you? Well, yeah, what, that's what did it, right? I mean, that's what. I, did, I didn't find any of it surprising, although I did hear some interesting things like the fact that by participating in these polls, apparently not only were you giving this third party your information, but all the information of all of the, your friends as well. Yeah, and their friends. It went like if you, if you didn't have your privacy settings uh, set to where you were not giving this information, you were leaving it up to your friends to open the data door or close it. And I was saying in the pre-show <clears throat> that ever since I've, I've had like five Facebook accounts over the years, maybe more, and one of the very first things that I always did was because I, I didn't, didn't want the Farmville requests coming through. So whenever I would open these accounts, I would go in and just basically lock my privacy settings down so that it was, it was like a vault. And you know, I, I don't think I really had to worry about any of this stuff. But another thing, another layer of security, and another thing that really pisses me off about people being so outraged is that you control the information you're putting on the Internet. You know, if you don't ever put it there, it never gets out. And what I've been telling people for a long time, and I, I came up with this idea as a way to sort of financially fuck Facebook a few years ago, was that if you really want to protect it and you really want to protect the data and you want to keep people from mining data online, falsify your information. You know, I've that's, been a 65-year-old a woman yeah. from fucking – what? I, I was just saying that's a good point. Yeah, keep, keep going. Yeah, it's just it, – I've been a 65-year-old woman from fucking Austria. Not to be profane, but it's an actual town in Austria. Fucking Austria. That's where I've been from, <laughs> as far as Facebook knows, for at least three, four years now. So they got all this information. Let's just pretend they did. They think that uh, their, their entire demographic, at least as far as I'm concerned, is skewed. It's corrupt. If you get 100,000 people to do that out of a billion, who's going to buy that? You see what I mean? It, it turns a corrupt database as a useless database. As far yeah, as targeting. Absolutely. So that, that's always been sort of my, my notion on this. And Chris is absolutely right. That why are, you, why are, we, why are we shocked by this? Well, you know, online, yeah, online privacy it, and data has been a thing for a long time. Isn't the information that you provide to Facebook only half of the, the value there to Facebook? I mean, there's a lot in just the, the habits of Facebook users. Right? They don't even have to know... What demographic you may fit into? They've got your IP address, which shows your location, and they know where you shop and what you shop for. Right. Not only that, but there's been instances of people searching for something, and then the next day they log on to Facebook, and there's an ad for what they were searching for the day before, and they flip out. And I'm like, Did you use the same computer to log into Facebook <laughs> yeah. that you did the search on? Uh huh. What are you flipping yeah. out about? Well, Amazon's you, notorious for that. I mean, it's, 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 it's what cookies are for. That's what cookies do. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's the thing is, I don't care about any of this. Like, I've been online. I've had a digital footprint for like a decade plus. I don't go nuts. See, that's how come oh. Tony Soprano said in The Sopranos, hey, log off. I don't trust that cookie shit. Dude, all, <laughs> all I do is I send it to a spam folder or I fucking delete it or I just stop using the app. Like, 
quite like I, I don't give a fuck. Like I don't get why there's been all of this pearl clutching this week. It's the same well, thing yeah, when Messenger like came. Mark Zuckerberg snuck into your bedroom yeah. and violated yeah, you. you. You understand what the subtext of this is? It's Donald Trump. Yeah, because yeah, this well, is the same well, process that uh, Obama's team used to get him into office. Yeah. But when you when the process gives you Obama, it's okay, and when it gives you Donald Trump, it's not. Exactly. It's exactly right. And I mean, on, yeah, on, on this is the fact that it goes back to 2008, a decade ago. There's nothing new under the sun. It's just like no. when people got upset over Messenger when it said, you know, do we have, a, do you want to, if you have, if you install Messenger on your phone, you have to give it access to like your contact list and right your microphone or something. People were like, oh, I, I'm not getting Messenger for that reason. Guess what? All the apps in your fucking phone already have access to that shit. Right. I mean, didn't we learn anything Guess from Edward Snowden? We're already being... The government... There's nothing you do online that's hidden from anybody who really wants to find out what you're doing. You can run a Tor browser. You can get a VPN. It does not matter. If someone wants to know what you're doing, they will find a way to do it. And hey, guess what? If you got an iPhone 6 or later, your phone's always listening because it's waiting for you to say, hey, Siri. And there are fucking Android... See? Just fuck you, Siri. (laughs) No, I don't want any shit right now. See? You said it. Exactly. It's sitting there waiting. It's it's listening. It's always listening. But too, there's there's Android phones out there that are waiting for you to say, "Okay, Google." Like you're, it's it's always listening. Why are we surprised? Crack me the fuck well, up. Well, it's also it's always listening. But then there's been plenty of examples of people, like Rich was saying. You know, you search for something and then ads start popping up in Facebook. Like, yeah, I knew that went down, but. Now it's stuff that you talk about, stuff that you mention that exactly. Google that, that uh, Google or Siri is listening to and going, oh, hey, they're, they're looking to buy a new couch. That and happens then, to me and Mandy all the time. Shit we are having conversations are will show up on our phones. And I got an Apple and she's got an Android. So it doesn't matter. It's not one, it's not one platform. Uh-huh. It's all of them. Is that and why I, a midget and a donkey showed up at my door th- earlier today? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> But what's funny, too, is we don't care about this, but so many people will, and people that I always think are smart, and then it makes me lose a little bit of respect for it. You'll put a fucking post-it over your fucking camera on your computer, but you're, you're, you're fine with your phone always listening to you. Yeah. <laughs> I think part of it is it's the narcissism of the times today. And this isn't limited to any generation. This is just... You know, oh my God, they're spying on me. Well, I hate to break it to you, most of you people aren't worth a food fucking stamp, well, let alone being spied on. So what the I'm fuck thinking, are you worried about? Like, that's why I don't cover the the camera on my laptop because nobody wants exactly. my nudes. If you want to, if you want to <laughs> see my O face, throw me a few bucks. I'll show it to you in person. You ain't got to tap into my camera. You know, I mean, that's all there is to it. It's. I don't know. It's my data. You're going to find out. I like weed and podcasts. Like (laughs) go nuts, dude. Well, that's yourself out. Like I I, I said a few weeks ago, I started watching. Well, I've now I've watched pretty much every episode of of black mirror. And one of the episodes was, it turns out the kid was looking at, at child porn, but you didn't know that at the beginning. You just thought that his laptop recorded him jerking off. And he was, he was, uh, freaked out about it. 
and some faceless, nameless corporation or or, or entity uh, basically, you know, was telling him, "We're going to release this video of you jerking off unless you do what we tell you." And through the whole episode, I'm thinking, "Who? Did, but, I don't give a ahead. fuck. I don't you ever care." Seen a middle-aged man beat off. <laughs> yeah, right. but I mean, but then when it turns out he was looking at child porn, it was like, oh, okay. Now I get why he was doing their bidding. But but still, it's like, it, really, let's be honest here. If, for whatever reason, someone hacked into some database that has every bit of porn that you've ever looked at, and they released this information about a bunch of people. I think everybody's going to be like, we all looked at some pretty fucked up shit at one point, so there's really no reason to yeah. be embarrassed. I don't. I think if you just compiled oh, yeah, an algorithm of like, here's all the porn that, that you've ever seen online, that it would just look like mud. Like, unless, unless this algorithm were smart enough to filter out like, well, you actually watched this video, you know, this many times, or, you know, there's... There's things that just pop up or you click on and you go, oh, wait, no, back up. No, I'm not interested in that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and there's other things that you watch to completion. Just, get an, just get an emoji shaking its head at you. I, like, yeah, if, if, you're, if it was just a list of, like, here's every website that you've been to, here's every video that you've seen that's pornographic, that wouldn't look like anything. That wouldn't. I don't think that would tell you anything about what that person is into. That would just tell you what's, what's widely available on the Internet. Well, there's also the... You'd have, to, you'd have to combine it with, like, what did you actually come to? There's <laughs> What actually got you off? There's also yeah. the fallacy what, what of... What caused completion? There's also the, you know, this fallacy of, you know, th- that you can just log on to the internet and run into, like, child porn or snuff films or rape, rape videos or whatever. And Doug Sanhope said it best. He goes, I have been... In Tempe, Arizona, at four in the morning, in the middle of a coke jerk off, where my dick isn't working, I'm slapping it against my thigh, trying to come, and just clicking every fucking porn video I can to find one to get me to nut, and I've never ran across child right. porn. I've ran across cock fingering. <laughs> he goes, so if child porn is rampant, cock fingering is happening in this room as I talk, <laughs> and that's pretty much, and that's pretty much the truth. It's. I, I, I get why I get I understand that people are like I feel like my privacy is being invaded. Then don't use these products. Isn't it simple? Yeah, yeah this is another I, I was, instance where we're acting like our Facebook account was issued with our social security card. Like we, you don't have to use it, people. I yeah, I was really trying to to follow the story and figure out what was the real issue here and. I, I, I'm coming up with nothing. I mean, I understand that this this group, uh, Cambridge Analytica, did something it wasn't supposed to be doing with the information, but it's it's information. Like, are we mad that we found out Zuckerberg's a capitalist? Like, oh, that's the, not, the, that, the guys, nice hoodie-wearing guy is all no, about to make money. Oh, you guys, no. you're absolutely right. Each one of you are right, but what you're missing here is, is like I said, it's the subtext of all this because... Uh, the, it's Trump. To, to steal... Ah, yeah, we are Russian starting out with Trump. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, God damn it! 
<laughs> yeah, well, you did. I'm sorry, you did. You, you have to. It's almost like it's 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 mandated because, these days. You have right. to start a conversation, a podcast of this nature with Donald fucking Trump. But well, that's what the subtext left. is. People are looking. People on the lunatic left are looking for a connection to say that the Russians had something to do. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I got a Trump hairball. That somebody else had something to do with swinging this election to Donald Trump in 2016. That's the whole subtext of this. That's oh, the is this whole still dismay that, that we can't elect. We can't have elected him. We're, uh, this is still shell shock a year plus later. It's Russian like we, collusion hysteria. Yeah, they're trying. They are trying to find something, anything that even even has a whiff of corruption, electoral corruption in it, they're going to jump all over it. That is the subtext of all of this. You're, you guys are absolutely right. This is really, honestly, a non-story if you have any sort of common sense left and you understand how the world works, how the Internet works. It's a non-story. Duh. What the fuck did you think these goddamn these, these quizzes were? What kind of soprano? What what soprano's character are you? Do you did you really think they were there just to sort of stick their pinky up your butt and make your your prostate feel good? Right. What the yeah, hell did the you record, think was I'm happening? Meadow. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, for the record, I want to fuck you later, Chris. <laughs> oh, this story is about uncomfortable, dude. We're split roasting him. <laughs> <laughs> this is ultimately about Trump because he's the only variable in this story. Exactly this is right. a story that we've heard over and over again. We trust Facebook and other companies with our personal information, and they do stuff that we wish they wouldn't do with them. Well, I don't know with, if we trust with, Facebook with our personal information. It's, it's, I think it's a bargain we made that we're okay with this because we like Facebook. We like the, the access. We like the brawls online. Well, we like you know the, the connections we've made. It's sort of, uh, yeah, it's a bargain we made. Okay, I, we'll give this up for, yeah. in exchange for the platform. I mean, I, I appreciate the I appreciate the distinction there, but whether you, whether you think that you're trusting Facebook with your information or not, you are. Right. You know, I I, I mean, Rich and I were talking about this the other day, and it's kind of like going to a bank. You don't think that the bank's going to do stuff with your money that you would rather they they not do, but they're mm-hmm. going to. And your defense is to just not think, well, I'll just stick my money in the bank. And, yeah. you know, they end up trying to tank the whole economy by giving a, that money to people who shouldn't be given home loans. Well, then. Right. And so, so it so only matters I, I don't have your to ideological, uh, the tip of your ideological dick is flicked with a finger, you know, and, and Donald Trump is suddenly implicated or somebody connected with Donald Trump is suddenly implicated with this scandal and the 2016 election, even if it's not implicit. You're gonna you're gonna do the like I, I like to say you're gonna do the cognitive legwork to connect these two dots, and mm-hmm. then you're just gonna get outraged, right? Because there's still a desire to believe that our country is not that bad. That you have liberals who are still baffled by the fact that we have Donald Trump as president, and they want to believe that it was an outside force and not our own stupid people. That elected this man. Well, it's it's it, it's either that or they're looking for an avenue toward impeachment. They're desperately looking for an avenue toward impeachment so they can get their guy back in power somehow, which they won't. It's going to be Mike Pence or it's going to be Paul Ryan, whatever. But there, it, it's it's almost like uh, it's almost like uh, striking Dresden in World War II. You know, it's they have to have this 
this assault on this evil man slash evil ideology that they see has hijacked their country. See, that's the connection. That's the cognitive. The, right, but this isn't like an award show. show. People trying to take their country back? This, oh, this yeah. This isn't isn't somebody's going to come out with like, oh, no, you guys read the wrong card. It was supposed to be Hillary. Uh, we, have to, uh, we have to go back and give the presidency <laughs> to Hillary. Yeah, oh, like exactly. Gonna, like it's going to be like the Academy Awards last year. R- right. Oh, that, wrong name on the envelope. No, you, we saw it. No, you guys, we saw this in December after the election. And there, and there were people out there that were calling for the Electoral College to negate the election. You remember that? Right. And that's, they're looking for any avenue they can. To say Hillary won. They don't care. They don't care about democracy. They don't care about anything else other than their person being <laughs> declared the winner. That's it. And that's how this. That's why this is such a story because they can. They can do that. They can connect these. Uh, I don't know these dubious dots and directly in their head anyway connect Cambridge Analytica to Donald Trump and his nefarious victory of the 2016 election. Well, and and what I say to these people is. Because I've seen stories about, even before this all went down, about how Twitter and Facebook and social media were going to look into it and try to do better and try to get ahead of it for 2018. And (laughs) are you just going to shut off Internet access to the United States? Because this shit is just going to – it's always going to happen. It doesn't matter what they do. See, this is the thing. I I, I don't know if I want to run down this line, but uh, Aaron, I have – uh, I, I owe you an apology as far as Twitter goes. Oh. I have found the benefit of Twitter lately. Well, what is the benefit of Twitter? Because I just find it to be an indulgence. Titties. <laughs> well, it's good for... I just completely lost the original train of thought that I was... What, what were you talking about a minute ago? Let me finish this. Help me out here. I've been recording all day, so my brain's not... Where, where, how did I get into this? What was the last thing you said? Uh, talking about uh, you can't just shut off internet access to the USA. It's going to happen. That's it. What I was going to say was that uh, I've been getting into this thing on Twitter with the, the, the marketing of the uh, podcast, escapingthecave.com. Uh, and it, what, what, what this boils down to is that, that it's, it's the people. People want to believe this shit that the Russians or whoever is funneling into Facebook. That's going to be the problem. And there's not going to be, and there's nothing you can do to prepare for the 2018 election other than outside of establishing a ministry of truth or something like that. Because if people want to believe it, they're going to believe it. And it doesn't matter if it's Facebook, it doesn't matter if it's Twitter, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's the Disney Channel. If, if you get it into the ecosystem, the intellectual ecosystem, people will devour it because they want to. They want to believe this shit. It's not, nobody's, nobody's taking their brain in, in their fist and twisting it, forcing people to devour this stuff. They want to devour it. It reinforces their worldview. The Russians, I'm sorry, if the Russians are behind any of this, it's because they know you. I'm speaking to you, the listener. They know you collectively better than you know yourselves. They know you will eat it up. They don't have to do anything other than put it out there and let you do the rest. That's the problem here. If we had a population that was even marginally concerned with fact, with truth, with democracy even, we wouldn't be subjected. We wouldn't be, uh, that's the word I'm looking for, we wouldn't be uh, uh, vulnerable to this sort of, it's not even an attack. It's an exploitation. Right, Right, because... uh while we've seen evidence of uh, of Russians spreading fake news, 
they're not the ones creating the fake news. They're just and they're not. Di- they're digging up stories that they know to be false and spreading them around to try and sway political opinion. Well, they're not. Is, I don't even know it, that they're trying to sway political opinion. Is I think Zuckerberg nailed it on the head in his interview the other day. I think they're trying to sow division. Because well, they, exactly. they are. There were, there were groups that they found that were, at, that were putting things on Facebook that argued both sides of an argument. Yeah. They're right. But see, that's, so they're not, that's they're not, not that's, pushing an agenda. They're, they're, they're fostering and nurturing division. There's nothing and new under the sun with we're this, all too, though. We're just all too eager uh, to uh, run with the ball that, that they're giving us. I mean, we did this by me. By we, I mean the CIA did this with COINTELPRO to the, to, to the, the equal rights movement, trying to, trying to you know, infiltrate the Black Panthers and divide them and et cetera, et cetera. This is, there's nothing new going on here. This is how world politics work. It doesn't even, it, it goes, I can, I can give you a firsthand anecdote of this. I got involved with Occupy Wall Street in 2011. Okay, uh, within a month after it uh, sprouted up there in New York City, I was in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I got involved with Occupy Santa Fe. I went down to the park and I was watching them in their empty tents and all this other shit. And I went to a few of their meetings and there was a guy there. I don't know where he came from, but he was sort of a rednecky guy. He didn't really fit in with the granola eaters out there in Santa Fe. He looked like he came from Texas or something, but he came to every single meeting that we were at and was trying to essentially um, encourage them to uh, sort of get violent, break windows, and, you know, uh, just sort of go against everything that Martin Luther King, I guess you would say, uh, agreed with. And it created a lot of tension, a lot of friction within the movement, because there were a lot of people involved in Occupy Santa Fe that wanted to do that. But there were also a lot of people that didn't. And what happened was that all of the energy that was going into getting money out of politics, at least during these meetings, had to be spent dealing with this fuck, right? And it did. It, 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 one person in this, this group in Santa Fe accomplished that simply by finding the people who wanted to break windows, smash Bank of America's windows, and the other people who were engaged in uh, the nonviolence end of it, and get them to fight each other. Divide and conquer. I saw what happened with one individual in one group seven years ago and how destructive and damaging it was this is you know long before moveon.org uh came in and uh basically co-opted the movement and corrupted it It is before that but imagine if one person can do that in santa fe what does (laughs) if you have an entire intelligence agency at work what can they do to a society and you're right cointelpro and we've been doing this for a long time now it's just come back at us because of the internet because we're the the whole world's connected that you you have an open door to your society via the world wide web I, I guarantee you, somewhere in Washington, when this shit first broken in the in the mainstream media, was like, "God damn it! Why didn't we think of doing this?" I, I, but and I mean, but, but, but honestly, there's someone in Washington who already thought of doing this. I mean, how many times have we, <clears throat> as a country, stepped in and and supported people to overthrow a democratically elected leader to install a puppet government that will do what we wanted to do, and we Jacobo don't give a fuck. Our bends. Jacobo R. Benz and United Fruit. And and, and we don't give a fuck about the consequences as long as it's in America's best interest at the time. So why would the Soviets, or I'm sorry, why would the Russians, (laughs) back in my Cold War era thing here, but why would the Russians give a shit about the consequences here? They're they're worried about their own national interest. 
Exactly. And so if, the, yeah. the, 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 the level of naivety, the level of people that are naive about this, or the amount of people who are naive about this, constantly shocks me. I, 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 thought, I thought we're in the, in the 20 teens, not in the 50s. And apparently, there's a lot of people in this country still living in the 50s in their head because, oh, our government wouldn't do this. No one would mess with our government. We're the best yeah. country in the world. Everybody wants to be us. And I don't. I don't know that it's. I don't know that it's naivete as much as it's just complete lack of self awareness to think that you are not susceptible to propaganda. You are not susceptible to. <laughs> we're bombarded by advertising every single day. You know, Madison Avenue figured out a long time that people are malleable. That they could be, you know, convinced to buy things. Why can't people understand that they're susceptible to political? marketing, advertising, propaganda as well to be sort of molded to think a certain way. That's the what? thing that gets me. And if you had a, if you, again, I'm going to come back to the, the exactly where I was. If you had a population that was sophisticated and critical thinking enough to see through it, understand the commonality, the common goal, what's good for the country, what's good for us as a nation, rather than what's good for their, uh, to reinforce their worldview and their political religion. If we had a population that was even remotely interested in that, we would not be susceptible to any of this, and we're not. And that's where the naivete, what you're seeing is naivete is just lack of sophistication, narcissism, ego. I, I, I could come up with a list of 20 different words that describes the same thing. The USA is a borderline personality. Period. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know any. It's just pretty much. If we went by the DSM five, right there. There you go. We're a borderline personality country. Mm-hmm. I'll and, defer. And, and and on the other side of it, though, is something that is just as equally annoying as the fact that yes, there are people out there who who write this bullshit news, and then there's fucking people in Russia who go. Yeah. Let's see what let's see what shit I can start. Let's stir the pot and they share it. The other side of that is the people that every single fucking news story that comes down the line, it's the Alex Jones thing. Well, no, it's all fake. No. Oh yeah, every I can prove it. Google it, Google it, and they're so sure yeah. of themselves. Really? There's people do like you, that. Do you? That we perhaps research. maybe do a podcast with. Once a week. <laughs> you guys keep referring to the same person. I have no idea who you're talking about. Please tell me off air. <laughs> <laughs> you may have done a podcast with him this week ah, as well, gotcha. Todd. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. But no, it's, yeah. it, it, you know, and it doesn't even matter to me what, how do I put this? Okay, perfect example. There was a video about seven, eight months ago of a Black Lives Matter rally. And this woman got up. I guess she's a self-proclaimed leader in the movement got on a bullhorn and said, yep, it's nice to see white faces here supporting Black Lives Matter, but y'all get to the back. This is for black people first. And I was and I was like, see, this is the shit right here that makes me say, fuck Black Lives Matter. And I, you know, I shared the video. And of course, instantly, out of the woodwork come all the usual people. Well, how do you know that video isn't doctored? And I said, it's a continuous shot of her. Her lips are moving. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to get a lip reader to get a Photoshop uh, 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 expert to get all this? 
and go, hey, it's legit. Mm-hmm. If, if that's the level that you need, then you know what you need to do? Fucking kill yourself, you cocksucker, because you're never going to fucking get it. You're never going to get it. Just a little something here. The, 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 there's this uh, Marshall McLuhan book that I mentioned to you guys a long time ago. It's called Understanding Media, and it sort of speaks to this, and I, I think you can... It's it's difficult because, Rich, I'm right there with you. Most of the time, a lot of the time, it's like, fuck you, just get the fuck away from me. Get out of the gene pool. But uh, in one of the first parts, in first or second chapter of Understanding Media, he goes into how all technology, all new technology, all new significant technology uh, changes people. It changes the culture. And it's never, ever, ever been anything like this. In the last 20 years, the speed of information and the amount of information that we are hit with each and every day has grown by an impossible exponential number to calculate. It's never been anything like this. The Industrial Revolution, Gutenberg, none of it has ever been like this. And what's happening, I think, if you want to look for a sympathetic angle on this to try to understand it is that people are being bombarded by just entirely too much data. They don't have any idea what to think. They don't have the critical thinking skills that I was just talking about. That's that's true. And we've never needed them to this degree. So when you're flooded with data and you're flooded with information, you don't know what to believe. You do not have the skills necessary to sort that sort of data out. Most people, a lot of the people you're talking about, I think just give the fuck up. They have no concept. They have no idea how to interpret the world. So they cling to what they know. They cling to their religion, their ideological religion. It's like people who, who are so confused and so distraught about what to do with their lives, what to do with what their lives are supposed to mean. They, they cannot grasp it, so they run to Jesus. I think the same thing's happening here. I think people are so bombarded every single day by so much information, they don't know what to make of it, they don't know what's real, they don't know what's fake, they say, fuck it, I'm going to cling to my, my uh, ideology, my theology. It is a theology at this point. It's not ideology anymore to a lot of people. It's believing in a political deity. Well, absolutely. And I, I, it, it's very frustrating for me. It's like I... This was about three, four weeks ago, when David Hogg, the kid from the Florida shooting, yeah. started appearing, and all the the usual suspects, you know, oh, he's a crisis actor and all this shit, I literally took an hour, and I tracked down all this evidence, supposedly, of him being a crisis actor, that if you took, I don't know, I, and I was very thorough, so I'm just going to ballpark it and say, you could have probably taken 20 minutes, watched a total of 10 minutes of videos, and read for, you know, and put in, in, in the other ten minutes is split between reading shit and inputting shit into search engines, and find out that it's all bullshit. He's not a crisis actor, but people people just they don't. I don't. I don't get it. How? Why do you want to throw your hat into the ring? Well, and get into a gunfight with an unloaded gun. The same reason that Westboro Baptist Church will not give up their religion, because that means that you have to take the personal responsibility of if you alter that, what else do you have to change? What else do you have to look at? What else do you have to examine internally? How big is that mirror you've got to turn on yourself? Because you can't sit there. Some, I mean, that, that's going to create an incredible amount of cognitive dissonance. If you accept that, well, then you have to look at who else in your ideology, who else in your worldview or your political religion again is lying to me. 
do you, how many people are ready for that? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to take the devil's advocate route here so I can maybe we can come to an understanding on it because it sounds to me rich like you're you're doing a lot of what I do when I'm surf, surfing the internet and I've, I've had to get myself away from this is getting too involved in it because you can't change these people's minds you cannot do you have to understand it and you have to be able to let it go because you're not going to reach these people you're not going to understand those people because you're not doing that. You see what I'm saying? I mean, you can't you can't empathize with that because you're not there. You're not, uh, you know, praying at that altar, that ideological altar. Once you understand that, then you go. I think I think the answer to this, and this takes me back to what I was talking about with Twitter, uh, Aaron, was that you have to go find the people who aren't doing that. And that's where you have to build. You have to find the people who can be reached, the people who do see the bullshit. Uh huh. And just let the other people go. You can't, you can't change that. It's just very hard for me because a lot of the people from obviously the right, you know, their attitude is, well, if you're poor, if, you're, if you vote Democratic or whatever the fuck, you lean to the left politically, it's because you're lazy and you don't want to, you don't want to do anything yourself, et cetera, et cetera. And then there's, there's, this, there's this, you know, the coastal elites or whatever the fuck, I don't know what, what, what else to call them, you know. Mm. Oh, you fat Midwesterners and, and, and this and this, you're too lazy to fucking... Lazy, lazy, lazy. Being thrown around constantly, and yet you're all intellectually lazy. Fuck all of y'all. That's exactly the one right. Thing, the, one thing, the one thing you should... The one fucking thing in your body you should work out the most is your brain, and you ignore it because, hey, I got a six-pack, or hey... I drive a fucking I drive a Dodge Ram and I bought it for myself myself and I didn't need no government handout and I, it's like uh, uh, great wonderful okay where you else look do you pretty, see that but mentality. you're stupid where else do you see that mentality where else do you see that dialectical mentality that reductionism where else do you see it sports well <laughs> <laughs> kind of NASCAR uh, no you. You see it in the Middle East. You see it between Jews and Muslims. Religious zealots. I, you know, and I, that, that's, that's, it's another thing I just shake my head and I go, really? Really? It's the same I, thing, I, dude. It's I, the I, same I, thing. I, I guess what, I guess what it really boils down to is just, it's really hard for me to accept that a large majority of people just aren't as intellectually curious as most of the people I, I would like to think I surround myself with. Dude, Rich, trust me, I still struggle with it, man. The last year or so, I mean, trust me, I've stepped away. I've realized the stove is hot. But every now and then, I get fucking sucked in. But yep. I've come to just kind of realize, to me, like, tr- Todd is right. Trying to get through to people whose minds are already made up. It To me, it's like, for, for those of you who are familiar with Las Vegas, there's this one corner where there's always this guy holding this sign talking about how everyone's going to burn in hell and he's on his bullhorn you know talking about jesus saves and all that crap it's like arguing with that guy trying to tell him jesus doesn't exist it's not gonna happen mine's made up right move on it's like going to church you know being an atheist and going to church and trying to (laughs) to save the congregation from religion yeah how how do you expect to do that you know it goes back last time i was on the episode i told you about dennis the dennis doctrine thing you you can't you cannot help the man who does not want to be helped. If, if somebody doesn't want to have intellectual autonomy, control over their own mind, 
and judge and see the world as it is. And they're not going to work toward that. You can't change that. The button is in, internal. You can't push it. They have to push it. Well, right. it's, it's fruitless. We've talked about this in the past when it comes to the idea that there are people who voted for Trump that can be swayed the other way. You know, the, this, this block of undecided voters that I don't think really exist. That it's not a, it's, in order to win a, a, a political fight, you just have to mobilize enough people that already think the way that you do. It's not about finding this mythical group in the center that's going to, you know, tip an election in your favor. And it's certainly not that the, the idea that there's tactics that you can use to convince people, look, this is this is the man that you voted for. Aren't you sorry? Won't you vote the other way now in the future? It doesn't exist. I, well, I do it, know it, a few it certainly people doesn't exist to- when you've demonized the other side. You know, it's almost like trying to go into, again, I'm going to use the religion analogy because I think, I think it's the one analogy, the one comparison, I think, that stands up through all of this is religion. So if you go into a, I don't know, a Baptist church in the South, it's like trying to get someone to leave that church and go support Satan. Yeah, exactly. You see what I mean? We've demonized, we've demonized the other and made them, you know, I made them out to be evil on both sides. I mean, this isn't just, I'm not just talking about conservatives here. The liberals have done the same thing. Yeah. They've made everybody, they've convinced everybody in that batshit, batshit green part, green tea party camp believe. They made every one of them believe that whoever voted for Trump, whoever supports the Second Amendment, whoever thinks that a woman should be able to have, should not be able to have an abortion because they believe it's murder, those people are evil. Hate America. And if you put those people in power, you're going to be, I don't know, insert narrative here. That's the problem. That's why you can't, it's ridiculous. It really is. It's the Middle East. The two sides do not listen to each other. They will not talk to each other. You know, John Stuart Mill in On Liberty, one of the points he makes in that book, I love this book, Rich, you got to read it, brother. Uh, and one of the points he makes is that you should understand, not, not just read, but understand the other side of an argument, somebody you disagree with, and you should understand it even more than you understand your own argument. Because you may find points, according to John Stuart Mill, 1800s, enlightened guy, right? Uh, you may find points in there where the other side is actually right. And if your interest is actually getting to the truth, and if your interest is actually being right rather than winning, then you should understand where the other side makes good points, and you should adopt that. How the fuck do you do that in this environment? Aaron, it's hard. I believe that's, you, you bring it up all the time that that's why you follow like crazy right-wing conservatives on Twitter. You want to know what the other side's up to. Like, it's, it's not just being up to, though. It's knowing, your, it's knowing your enemy. It's, it's, it's opposition research. It's, it's no. No, you got you to gotta look at it. You got to be a little more nuanced than that, though, Chris, I think. It's not just understanding, you know, and getting Hitler's battle plans. It goes beyond that. You have to have an open enough mind to be able to, when you're listening or reading these other points, these are the arguments, these other point of, points of view, to be able to intellectually release your sphincter a little bit and say, hey, he's right. I think I'll adopt that view. How many people can do that now? Not a how lot. Many people, how many people do you, do the three of you know, liberal or conservative, who will sit down and 
look at the other guy and say, hey, I never thought of it that way. You're right. I think I'll go that route myself with that topic. How many people do you know that'll do that? Todd, I can... Maybe on this podcast. (laughs) Todd, I I, 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 I was at work. We have a very hardcore feminist I work with. She was talking about abortion rights and everything else, and I was like, you know, she knows how I feel. You know, I'm pro-choice, whatever. And then she kind of pivoted into gun regulation. And... Why does anyone need an AR-15? And I said, okay, let me ask you a question. If you feel you need to have an abortion for whatever reason, do you feel, and someone comes up to you and goes, why do you need an abortion? What are you going to tell them? Well, it's none of their fucking business. It's my right to have one. Yep. Right. And if I want an AR-15, it's not your job. It's not my, I don't have to explain to you why I want to fucking have a weapon that as of right now is legal for me to own. How'd that work out for you? I, I, you could have knocked me over with feather because she went. That's a good point. I never looked at it that way, and I was like, <laughs> "Holy shit!" And she's under twenty, so I'm like, "Well, she's her mind is still it's it's not quite cemented into place." Then I guess I work with I work with a lot of young people. Let me tell you something: as hard headed and and, and and as set in our ways, and we knew exactly what was going on. It's even more so because we didn't have the echo chamber of the internet to surround ourselves with. No. I had friends. I had friends growing up. I didn't know their political beliefs. I didn't either. I didn't, we didn't talk politics. And then it's like, but then the minute you know, I, I I had a Facebook account. Within wow. a few months, I found out. Oh, some of these motherfuckers are probably stockpiling weapons and got bug out right. bags waiting for the end of the world. I had no, no idea they were like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, once again, it's it's like. It's like the kid. It's like the, the 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 problem I have with a lot of people when I have these conversations is they they don't know how to pigeonhole me because they're like you know one of my coworkers listened to the to the show for a little bit and she was like you're way more liberal than I thought you were <laughs> and then I've been accused of being you know a a, a, tr- a Trump loving police apologist and I'm like have you listened to the show how the fuck do you get that from me. But whatever. And, but then I'll say something and they'll go, oh, well, I didn't think you would think that way. What, yeah, well, why? Because I have to fall in the lockstep with one side or the other. They, people need to understand and they need to be able to snap judge which God you worship. And if they cannot do that, if they can't do it, if they actually accidentally run into an intellectually autonomous being, they have no idea what to do with it. Right, because liberal humanism is a religion, right? Liberal, or is it secular humanism? No, I mean liberal humanism. I mean, I I guess you could call it secular, too, either way. But the idea that, well, okay, so this isn't isn't my idea. This Mm -hmm. is a a book that I've uh, often referenced, Sapiens, where... Oh, wait, who, who wrote that? Uh, Yuval Noah. That's Har- him. Uh, okay, that, that's the guy that I was referring to earlier. That that's one of the books I'm getting on Amazon. It's yeah. his follow up. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I'm in. The, I'm still in the in the middle of uh, reading Homo Deus, which is the, yeah, the follow up book. The, but but sorry. in Sapiens, he talks about how well he he lays out this idea of like what a religion is, and then and. 
draws a straight line to the liberal humanist ideas of of our our current time that are taking over, and that there's really no difference. I mean, all this uh, believing in things that you have no evidence for, right? That there's some higher being that created us is is a thought that some people now find ridiculous. Um, but there's equally no belief for the idea that all men are created equal or that there's something about us as living things that make us more special than these cats that are outnumbering us in this place. <laughs> you know? And, and this is just another form of religion. This is b- believing in things that you have no proof for. It, it, it's purely on faith that you are believing that we are all created equal and should have the same, you know, opportunities and and enjoy the same freedoms. There's there's just no actual evidence for any of that. Well, biologically, <laughs> you know? it's against just counter it's against, evidence for that. Actually, yeah, exactly, <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. And it, I guess it, it comes down to like any religion. It's about what what do you do with it? You know, I mean, if your belief in the idea that all people are created equal inspires you to do good things and make the world more equal for people, then there's positive results from that. Just like there can be positive results from people organizing behind any religious concept. I guess my... my but, when, but when you follow it blindly, you leave yourself open for any zealot to come in and start driving that pack of people to you know, their agenda. You've just described exactly why I started using the phrase ideological religion. Yeah. Perfectly. Well, I... See, I think I, I I know where you're going, and I understand it, and I agree with it, uh-huh. because, for lack of a better way to put it, I guess I had a red pill moment, and not the, not the the alt right's idea of the red pill moment was watching a family member who had I had a very close relationship with my entire life basically cut me out of their life because of their newfound religion, and. Couple that with a discussion with someone who knows me very well who said, what, one of the most infuriating things about you is that you view the world as static. If you're pissed at me, you've always been pissed at me. You don't, you don't remember the good times. You, you, right. you just focus on why you're pissed at me and you stay in that, that, that mode until it's either out of your system or you, cut me or, you, or you cut me or people out of your life. And both of them made me take a real fucking hard look at myself and go, I don't want to be like either of those people. I don't want to cut people out of my life because we have ideological differences or theological differences. And I don't want to be the type of person who's so inflexible that if you don't agree with me and you don't kowtow to my fucking ego and, and, and tell me how great I am all the time, then I have no use for you. Because I, I, I've known a lot. I grew up with it. I had people I called friends for many years who have that attitude and it's they're a drain to be around they're an energy vampire I don't know any other way to put it because Uh it's like oh my god dude really really like I get it everybody likes to be the center of attention everybody likes to, 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 to to have other people say good things about them but there's a certain point where you gotta realize you're not gonna get everyone to like you and I it's cliche as fuck but you just gotta go you know what I just if if I've done everything humanly possible, and this isn't, I haven't made, I haven't gained an inch of ground with you. Well, then fuck it. I don't care what you got to to say or think. 
Especially if you're not willing to give me and you know meet me and do the same for me. It's like being in a relationship where one person gives everything and the other person is like, "Bitch, I'm going to the moon. I'll be back when I be back." Well, it's pretty much the same. Relationships work two ways. It's pretty much what you're getting at there, Rich. Well, I, I, I think person, also. The, go ahead. Sorry. Well, just one person's willing to be flexible and one person isn't. That's not a relationship. That's a right. hostage situation. And whether we like it or not, if we're considering ourselves part of this country, then we are in a relationship with people that we don't necessarily agree with. Exactly. And, you know, it, sure, you could fight for dominance in a relationship, but that's not a very healthy one, usually. There, there has to be some sort of compromise. Well, I mean, look, if... Here's the deal. It's what, what is... What do they say about poker? When you sit down at the table, if you can't identify the sucker, sucker's you. Yeah. If you're in a relationship and you're the not... Sucker's Berg. You, you don't know who's driving the car. It ain't you. You're not calling the shots, period. And some people are very comfortable being in the passenger seat. Some people have to be behind the steering wheel. You just have... To, we're forced to live together in this country, and we have we have a lot of people who... You know, oh, I miss the 50s. Really? Really? That romanticized Leave it to Beaver version or the reality of the 50s? I don't want to fucking go back to that. It's yeah, one of the reasons watch I the have... Twilight Zone after you watch Leave it to Beaver. Watch the <laughs> one where they're all paranoid about nuclear war and aliens. Yeah, and everything exactly. down the street's going to fucking kill them. And now, I mean, you <laughs> know, that's one of the reasons I, I, I it irks me so much, these so-called progressives, social justice warrior types... You're preaching the same thing that the white supremacists are preaching. You're just doing it from the opposite end of the spectrum. You know, I, I saw a picture that, that someone took. Uh, they took a picture from water fountains in the 50s that said, whites, coloreds. And it said, water fountain from the 80s. And it just said, water fountain. It said, water, water fountain in 2030 America. Whites, coloreds, or people of color. And I'm like, right. is, that what we, is, is that ultimately what we're going to go back for? Is it is because it's that seems to be where this is going. It's it's and and it's just like the subtext with this whole shit with Facebook and the data mining and all this crap and, and, and all that shit is Trump. The subtext with everything that I mean, God damn, when you realize how much fucking people obsess about fucking race and every fucking new, podcast news news channels, whatever, you can't listen to NPR for an hour without something. People of color versus white people. Really? Are we going to stir that pot? Do we, is our ultimate end goal separate but equal? Because if it is, just fucking say it. Unity via division. Because I, I don't... It, you know, Drew and Mark, on, on, a, on the Drew and Mark podcast, Drew said something that rang so true with me. He said, it's only been in the last five years that I start counting how many black, Latino, women, white, whatever people yeah. are... Are, are nominated for awards. And he goes, I don't want to count, but it's you shoved down my throat. But yeah, it's been shoved down my throat so much, it's, it's second nature. I don't even think about it. Well, because the joke at my house, because I bring it up to Mandy all the time, is where are all these white dudes with black chicks? Because they're in every commercial. But, I mean, <laughs> we're from the Detroit area. We're, we're used to seeing that, the opposite, quite honestly. I tried to make that point to her, and then I'm oh. a racist. I'm like, what? Like... You go to the nearest bus stop, all right, on Harper, 
it's going to be a black dude and a white chick. Like, uh, I just thought, I just pointed it out. Because it seems, it, but she notices it now when it's in the commercial. It's another white dude and a black chick. But it, that just goes back to, we're being conditioned to think this way. And it, it pisses me off because I don't want to think this way. But I'm conditioned to do it now. I mean, it's like, I, I, you know what? I want Hollywood to make a movie. I want Hollywood to make a movie where they they take the the in 2001. I want Hollywood or 2021. I want Hollywood to make a movie based on the, the 2020 census. And if there's 14 percent black people in this country, there's 14 percent black people in the movie. If there's 60 percent white people in this country, there's 60 percent white people in the movie. If there's five percent Asian, there's five and behind the scenes and everything, and release it and go. There you go, folks. This is the most politically correct movie you could ever have and when everybody gets butt hurt about it go then shut the fuck up yeah. <laughs> you well, just you know, want a there's, bitch. there's something that that came to mind when you were talking about how we're being conditioned via the media to think a certain way i mean i kind of the thing that came into my head was something chris said earlier and, and i think we all sort of agreed with well you have a choice you can consume the media. It's not compulsory. You don't have to watch it. You don't have to go to the movies. Abs- you, know, you can absolutely. choose to either not consume it and not be, if, if it's some sort of an external conspiracy, maybe it is, uh, you can choose not to be exposed to it. Or you go in critically thinking and deal with the anxiety that comes with understanding that you're being propagandized. Well, it's it's like when we were talking about Aaron, he went and saw Black Panther, and there was a certain scene in there that he was like, it seemed kind of like you know the, the white savior trope, and I was like, I guess I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, my conditioning is still in progress because I don't see that behind every corner. But then I decided to do some digging and say, J- how many people really fucking do see this behind every corner? And oh my fucking god, there's a whole lot of them on the internet. Everything. Oh yeah. It's either the magical Negro or the white savior trope. And neither's good enough. It's just like, Detroit sucks because of white flight, but we don't want you fucking honkies helping us with our fucking city. Keep it black. Well, what the fuck do you want? And you know what? Here's, 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 an idea. Here, here's a, a novel thought. Why is it our problem to fix your bullshit? You're the, if you think like this, it's not my problem to fix you. Dennis. So stop, stop putting it at my fucking feet. And saying, what are you going to do to help me? Nothing, motherfucker. What do you do to help me? You know, in in South Africa, you had apartheid. That's done and over with. It's a predominantly black country. Now you have black politicians seizing white farmers' lands to the point where, on average, I think it's once every five days, a, a, a white farmer is killed. And the response, when I went online in the comment section, because I'm stupid and I go to comment sections, was, good. Serves them right. It, white it's people. payback time. White, oh, people? white people? White people, black yeah. people did it. And I'm just yeah. like, you know what? You're just as bad as the motherfuckers who were in control when th- yeah. that country was ruled by apartheid. You are yeah. no fucking different. You're and, having the same reaction that I have to these uh, penist Uncle Tom feminists. Who are willing to? <laughs> Uncle Tom's the only thing that comes to mind. It's the only thing I can think of that they bow down to the feminazi Can't queen. Can it be Aunt Tom? Uh, and say, yeah, male men are bad. You have a dick, dude. You bad? Or are you just trying to virtue signal a little bit here and make sure everybody knows that you're not one of the bad ones? And get a blowjob. Don't forget that. 
Are you yeah. cooking the soup for Master too? Because that's what I want. Are just trying to get laid. You, you notice, you yeah. notice in the whole Me Too thing, the people who got the least amount of scrutiny, and I won't say pass, but the closest thing to a pass in all of it were the quote unquote male feminist, Aziz Ansari, James Franco, eh, you know, yeah, it was. I don't think Franco passed, man. He, I, he was it, on. He was on. Uh, got track track to get a fucking for the Oscar. He won the the uh, the Golden Globe, and then when the Oscars came out, the Disaster Artist was nowhere near the nominations. I think he's going to be in season two of The Deuce, though. His and this is where is I'm going to go. When we're talking about Deuce, I'm going to go take a number one since we're talking movies. <laughs> I'll be back. But I, my point is, is that I don't think his career is over based on that solely. And Aziz and sorry was 2015's most woke bay, the gayest fucking term I've heard in a long time. And just the the, I mean, you have you obviously you have the hardcore angry, you know, super blue haired feminist who are like fuck him, fuck him. But they're gonna they, anybody anybody with a dick is garbage in their opinion so whatever okay take them out of the equation it's the people who have some flex in them and those are the people that are like eh, okay so he's kind of a creep on a date you know or you sat in the car and, I, and here's here's the thing i don't think they're wrong i i, I agree you see you're dating a guy and he's and you're sitting in a car and he wants a blowjob does that make him a horrible human being then i you know what then i guess I, I guess the blue-haired feminists are right. Every man's horrible human being. Well, what, the, the one that I, the one that puzzled me was the uh, he made us get naked in a class that was about sex scenes. Like, I'm sure nudity was probably given. You were probably given a heads up about that when you signed up for the class. Hey, this is about sex scenes. You may be asked to get nude, but I don't know. And. It's- if I remember that story correctly, they cashed the checks. I mean, I basically it boils down to you're going to have people who look at things like I, I, this is this is a new one I'm starting to hear a lot. It just I, I don't understand. Anytime I'm, like the swimsuit issue, there was women going around hard, you know, like hardcore feminist group. I'm not sure. I'm sure they got some stupid ass name in a Facebook page somewhere, but I, I don't know it. They were going around slapping stickers on the swimsuit issue saying, stop. Had a big old stop sign. Do not look at this. This is objectifying and sexualizing women. You should, you know, this is, this is supporting rape culture and the patriarchy. Now, besides the fact they're going around defacing property they don't own, let's, let's, let, let's stop for one second and really re- think about what they're saying. You're telling me that you don't want men to enjoy... A good-looking female. What are we supposed well, to do that? Uh, to me, what the, are we the supposed deeper to do? thing is, is that that's extreme censorship. More, that's the dangerous thing of that one. But see, like, that's what, that's then, not what's even next. That's what, not what else would you want us to look at next? That's not even on their radar because censorship is hypocrisy. They wallow in. They bathe in that shit. They don't give. I mean, they they have. How many people have you seen? I know you 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 posted something on this, Rich, today that <laughs> people involved with these movements don't give two shits about censorship or the First Amendment. Forty four percent of what was it, Rich? Forty four percent of millennials think that the First Amendment is obsolete. Yes. What yeah. do they care That's about censorship? That's fucking scary. 
It's terrifying. And yeah. It's one of the primary reasons I will. Be, they're going to be in charge in a decade. So that's one of the prime, terrifying. Primary reasons I will not ever. I promise you, I will not choose Stalin over Hitler. I guarantee it. And that's exactly where I think this is headed. Well, I mean, but honestly, what are we? If if Stalin had if, a bigger body count. If men aren't supposed to look at attractive women, you're basically telling us to deny our biology. You're basically telling us that our natural desires, there's an attractive woman, I noticed her, I appreciate her beauty, I move on with my day, I'm a rapist, I'm part of the patriarchy. Where, what is the solution? Do y'all ever consider more chemical castration? More of a philosophical question, though. Did you ever consider that self-supremacy is a human trait? It's not a white thing, not a black thing, not a woman thing, not a man thing. But, you know, people are all pissed off about white privilege and male privilege. I, mean, I, I think they're trying to subconsciously <laughs> invoke their own. They want, they, want to, they want to step up on that mantle. They want to we get into that throne of privilege. Ass. Yeah. I think I think your group, your self-identity, uh, whatever group you identify with the most, I think it's almost an embedded human trait somewhere in the DNA to put it in a position of control and power over someone else. I mean, you look at it, you just invoked South Africa, right? Everybody's up in arms. Black folks were up in arms during the apartheid era. But now they're just doing the same thing that the white people did to the black people forever. That's, it's, I, I, I think it's a human thing. I don't think it has anything to do with whether you have a, a penis or you're black or you're white or whatever. I think it's a mankind thing. Tribalism. I and if that's the case, agree. all of these conversations are ridiculous. Todd, me and you have had this conversation before. Let's say, for shits and giggles, in the next 10 years, the impossible happens. And every, every, every position in political power in the United States held by a white male is now held by a woman person of color. And the numbers are switched. Now let me ask you a question. A hundred years of that, do you think that there's going to be black people a hundred years after that, that, that magical reversal of power, they're going to be sitting around self-hating black people going, oh man, these white people, we really, oh, we, you know, we gave them a raw deal. And, and you think women are going to be sitting around going, oh, we should really, you know, do our best to make sure these, these men have the same rights as us and shit. Re you really think that's going to fucking happen? You really think Honestly, that's going to happen? Honest, well, I don't know if it'll be 100 years, but yeah, as soon as <laughs> I think it would. I, I think that as soon as the white male is seen as the poor, oppressed race, there, are, there's going to be some movement, just like you're seeing with the, the Me Too movement, the feminist movement. Right now, you'll have the I don't know what's the what's the, what's the opposite of feminist, maleist, <laughs> whatever it is. You'll have that movement, yeah, and then you probably would see some person who is going to be out there virtue signaling and trying to pretend that they're the evolved part of the species, rooting and advocating for the underdog. Yeah, I think that's exactly what would happen. I do. I don't know. I don't. I. I maybe a, to a, a very small percentage, but I've just. I've seen it happen too many times in day to day life where. When you're on the let's say labor side of the situation, and you feel like you're getting a raw deal, you're ready to go all fucking Norma Ray on a motherfucker. You know, fuck this. I want the means. I don't want to. I don't. You know what? Rage Against Machine say. Fuck the G ride. I want the machines that are making them. 
You know, you're you're all you're all types of Che Guevara. Then all of a sudden, you get promoted to management, and you turn into Darth Vader. Yeah. Hey, you fucked up. Now I'm gonna choke your ass and get rid of you. Promote the yeah. the next idiot. Hope you fare better. Probably not, but I hope you do. That's human fucking nature. And it's not human nature to go, you know what? Let's try to all fucking share everything equally. No, that's and, why and, communism and, failed. It was beautiful. Human nature is me and mine's. That's yeah. that's I'll boil it down to two words. That's if I human have, nature. If I have the country right, okay, there is a country in Africa. Liberia? Liberia? That was founded by freed slaves who went back to the continent of Africa. And you know what they did? They started rounding up Africans and selling them into slavery. Yeah. Ta-da! Their own people. Now, yeah. why is this not widely fucking taught when, when, when it's, you know, when, when the, the history of the shameful history of slavery in America is brought up? And it's absolutely fucking shameful. But you know what's... There's... It's not like this is the only country, and we didn't invent slavery. Columbus didn't hop off a boat and go, you know, I, I, I've had this idea. Let's just invent this thing, and I'm gonna call it slavery. It's been around for fucking ever, and it's like, how long are we gonna hike? We just pound at the same fucking it's, bullshit, and not it's and not in go the Bible, and not and and go, folks. This is just humans are garbage. You know, I saw a tweet, loved it. You know that. Video games make people violent. Yeah, well, 200 years ago, we were burning people alive because they thought they were witches. Maybe humans are just garbage. Well, right. I was thinking about this when you were talking earlier about the, um, the, the women that were slapping the stickers on the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition saying that, saying that they were promoting uh, rape culture. That, I mean, I don't... Do they... I mean... Whoa. Wow. Who, who who grabbed the needle off the record? Yeah, I, what was that? I think that was my mic. Hold on a second here. Yeah. Uh, hello. Check. Yeah, you're you're coming in and out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's better. Well, hey, the new mic shipped today, it, so. Yeah, <laughs> I'm back on my R- I am back uh, on my RE20 tonight, so. <coughs> The the new mic. So these these are kind of the janky ones. Uh oh. Well, we're gonna switch them out for a couple of nicer ones at the studio. Check testing. Okay. No. 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 It's still cutting yeah, out. You sound like crap. Yeah. This stuff. Check. 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 It's the deep state, man. They don't want us to talk about shut this us stuff, down. man. It's the feminist Nazis, man. <laughs> well, isn't that what the deep state is? It's just a catch-all for people who... It's like Illuminati used to be until it became... Well, yeah, it's you know, the new big brother. It's the yeah, deep exactly. state. It's the femstapo. I don't know, guys. It, it, I, I tend to agree with you most days, Rich. Uh, well, Tyler, well, let, or, let me, let me ask you... Let me ask a question. I mean, just... and and. Don't even fucking worry about anybody's feelings. Just, just, just give me an honest answer. What is wrong with a member of the opposite sex appreciating a beautiful person of the opposite sex or the same sex if that's who they're attracted to? Go ask biology. I don't know. Dogs do it all the time. <laughs> they go sniff their buttholes or other things. I mean, it's you, you, you're, 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 you're not wrong here. 
And I, I, it's just common sense as far from where I'm at, since you asked me. You're not wrong. But it seems that today people are trying to propagandize away simple human biology. And it's usually because they're offended by their position in it. They've been, you know, the conditioning, they've been conditioned to, I don't know, feel that, uh, I don't know, they were, they were given a raw deal in birth. I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't know. Well, hey, it's okay because I shared an article with the chat today that gender neutral names are on the rise so that the parents, what was the exact quote I sent you guys? Hold on. Oh, the... the well, I don't. I don't have the exact uh, quote. Hold on, I'm scrolling to find it here because I I have to quote it exactly because it's that retarded. So that the parents can attempt to head off sexism on their behalf. This I, is I, I, I can't. No, I, I I cannot even get my head around any of this. I'm sorry. Wait, the, so the general neutral named kid will naturally be like more accepting <laughs> because I, I'm I'm not sure. I don't follow the the train of thought on this. There isn't a train of thought. <laughs> I don't think. I think it's because their idea is first. Their idea is since gender is a social construct, they're going to raise their child genderless until the child announces what gender they they feel they are. Oh, okay. And so by giving Here, the I'll child read the first, a, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Paragraph. I'll read the first paragraph. It says whether royal. Charlie or Salem, Skyler, Justice or Oakley, unisex names for babies are on the rise among parents, more willing than ever to embrace the possibility of gender fluidity in their children and attempt to head off sexism on their behalf. Ah, so they're trying to name the kids so that when they get old enough, they're not going to be subjected to sexism. Sure. Because somebody's, no. Somebody you're says, still going to want to fuck a vagina or fuck a dick. Well, no, no matter what, it what is, name no. you have. Basically, what it boils down to, if I'm understanding this correctly, is that if someone calls out the name Skyler, they're not going to know whether they're talking to a man or a, uh, I'm sorry, <sighs> fuck, a male, a female. A gender fluid, uh, a, non-binary hey, conforming. There's, there's, there's a, a quote there. from one of these retard parents. Of all the difficulties faced by those who live beyond or across the binary, we didn't want name changing to be one of them. I like that she feels she I has options and knows she'll be accepted this, by us no matter what. This is not Riley is three. This is not worth discussing. I'm sorry, man. I can't. I, I don't. This is not worth the breath it's going to require to argue and shout it down. You, you know what I think is going to happen? Sorry. It's, it's going to be the, it's going to be the Michael, the, 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 the Alex P. Keaton reaction where you got the super liberal parents who are like, you know, gender fluidity and non-binary and all this bullshit. And the kid's going to grow up to be a hardcore Republican. Because I've seen a few articles about Generation Z is super conservative. Well, I mean, Jesus fucking Christ! Most people are conservative compared to the fringes of 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 the social justice warriors on the, on in the millennial generation. I, did I, I ever mean, tell you? Did I ever share the story with you guys about Moonbeam and her kid? I don't know that I did. She's an old friend of mine. Uh, I've known her for thirty years. We were really good friends in high school. After high school, actually, up until about August, and. Uh, we had, let's just say she came in and started preaching at the Church of Liberal Orthodoxy, and we got into it, and that was that. Uh, but she has a, 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 a little girl and a boy. The boy is now 13. 
And about three years ago, she was commenting on how angry this boy was. Now, you got to understand, Moonbeam is a hardcore liberal. She's a, 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 a feminist extremist. Who well, I believes, thought a name like uh, Moonbeam should be a neocon. <laughs> anyway, uh, where was I? <laughs> she had a, she had a daughter and a son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Three years ago, the kid. She was talking about how the kid was always angry. The boy. Now she's a like I said, she's a hardcore feminist. She's outspoken about it. She's yeah, that's where it was. She's the kind of um, a liberal who would want to take the man out of out of Manchester, New Hampshire. Okay, <laughs> she's that bad as far as her her feminism goes. And I I got to thinking to myself after the kid came out as identifying as a woman at the age of 12. How much of that anger do you suppose was directed at himself because mom thinks that every male is in a position of power and authority and is dirty and bad and has subjected womankind to all sorts of injustice over the years? And having to hear that over and over and over again from his mother before the age of 12, around the age of 9, 10, 11. And then suddenly... Since about four-tenths of a percentage of the population is transgender, somehow this boy, this young man, 12 years old, comes out as identifying as a female. So now the young boy, because he has a penis, he is a boy, is all of a sudden a prop now for mom to hold up and say, well, I have someone, I have a boy who identifies as a girl. Gender fluidity, look at my, look at this, look at this. You see what I'm saying? Does that seem a little weird to you? Absolutely. There was an article in the, uh, shit, San Francisco Chronicle, whatever newspaper's out there. Let, let, me, about, let me finish, let, oh, let sorry, me finish my ahead, point. Go it's cool. Uh, so what I, the reason I thought about this was I'm really curious. I stalk her Facebook page. I stalk the kids' Facebook page because I think I, I have an idea that when this kid hits adolescence and figures out what happened to him and why he's been identifying as a girl, if that's what hap- what's happened, he's going to rebel with savage viciousness against feminism. And he's under 13, shouldn't be on Facebook? Yeah, I think I, he's, he may be 14 by now. I really don't remember the age, but I know it's been going on. I know the... the, you think he's, the gonna, so you think he's, he's so angry all the time. He's, he's going to be understand. super hetero? No, I think he's going to bounce, but I think he could be super conservative, though. If he actually... He's just start pounding trim yeah, every if he's, day. If he's that young and that angry, growing up in that household with that woman, comes out and it was some sense of self-hate and wanting mommy's approval, mommy's feminist approval that made him come out as a gender-identifying woman, figures this out, comes of age, realizes what happened to him. What do you, what do you think? What, I mean, yeah, I can totally see this kid just going completely the other way. I mean, complete fascism. And not because he believes in any of this stuff, but because he saw what liberal extremism, feminist extremism did to him as a child. He'll rebel against it, maybe, maybe. I'm just speculating. That's kind here. of been the, the, the theory with these, the, the few articles I've seen about Generation Z is, is showing very conservative traits. It, it's, I think I brought it up a few months ago on this. Is it, it just kind of like, it was based on how our political spectrum always swings. It's like, hey, what if, uh, you know, one of these next generations ends up just being, super, you know, they make the fucking, you know, the greatest generation look like a bunch of hippies, and it might be happening. 
I mean, you already said 40% of uh, people uh, of a certain age don't believe in uh, that free speech is working. So that's fucking well, scary. I mean, are they, are, are they identifying with conservative politicians or are they, do they just have traits that lean more conservative? Who? The latter. Well, r- right. I mean, I'm not no, sure where I'm going with yeah, this. No, like they're not, they're not lining but, up behind Paul Ryan, but they're having more conservative mindsets in their everyday life. Well, real, real quick, I just want to... Are, are we attributing like totalitarianism to conservatism? I, my mic's shutting down again. I'm going to go grab a different mic. <laughs> I okay. think I have a dynamic. Okay. All right, well, real quick, to, to piggyback off what you were saying, Todd, is there was an article in the in a, a San Francisco newspaper about a family whose 12-year-old son is going through hormone treatment and sex reassignment surgery. How and old? That, that old. always bugs me. You're fucking yeah. with Jeez. nature. Wait till the um, body's done cooking. And Sorry. They have a younger daughter who I believe was six or seven. And I shared this article in the group chat. Um, and I read it, and, and it, I, yeah, I was... I. Is as close to like shaking with rage at, at that I guess I could get without someone fucking a child, pretty much. Um, and you know they, this kid, you know they're 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 uber liberal, especially the mom. It's always the mom that, that's it's a female, it's a matriarchal household in, this, in 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 these cases. They even acknowledge that in the article. And you know she's. Okay, I'm gonna take my son. I'm gonna chemically castrate him, and then we're gonna uh, 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 give him hormone therapy and, and suppression. That way, he, he won't produce testosterone, and then he can go through the full transitioning when he's of you know a certain age. And their six or seven year old daughter magically, after seeing all the attention her older brother was getting, comes up, goes, yeah. "I'm transgendered." Yeah, it is yeah. winning the and lottery. Keep the dick in the family. Winning yeah. the lottery multiple times odds of being yeah. born transgendered, let alone two kids in that house being born that way. Yeah, because kids never, ever, ever act out to get their parents' attention and approval. Exactly. And so the, author of, this, others. the yeah. author of this article started diving into and talking to psychiatrists and doctors about when you talk to these kids who are this young, who say they're transgendered, if there's other children in the home, he goes, oh, yeah, it's a fairly common occurrence. Yeah. And it's usually a younger child. It's seen all the attention the older child's getting because of this, so they announce they're transgendered. Right. I don't How is know that for not sure. child I'm not, abuse? I'm not ever going to come out and say that I'm absolutely, that I'm 100% right about the kid that I'm talking about, but I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to bookmark this episode, and I trust you're never going to take it down. And when that kid, if that kid, if I'm right about this, I'm going to send this episode to her with the date. Because to me, if that's what happened to this boy, if he grew up thinking that his penis made him a bad boy, made him dirty, made him evil, a scourge on society, that to me is on par. And I don't say this hyperbolically, that's on par with child molestation. In my mind, it's no different than taking your kid to Westboro Baptist Church. I'm and right there with you. Inseminating the child with your batshit beliefs. Yeah, it's like taking a kid to a clan meeting. Exactly. I, mean, I, 
I've had multiple friends that grew up in households that were full of bitter, angry, single mm-hmm. women. And they were beat, ignored. If they had sisters, their sisters were given, you know, every... I'm thinking of one case. I'm not going to throw his name out there because it's, it's, it's really, it doesn't really matter. But, you know, his sister, every fucking semester, got a whole new wardrobe. You know, anything she wanted to do, any extracurricular activity, shuffling her around for school shit. The parents absolutely were down for it. He was always an afterthought. He was always, you're too hyper- so they did what, you know, they did to a lot of kids in the 80s and 90s, drug them up. And then, you know, now that you, now you got now you have a now you have a kid who's not even 10 on lithium and Prozac and Ritalin. And when this kid goes to school and acts like a fucking person on lithium, Prozac and Ritalin, the school diagnosed him as emotionally impaired and sent him to the short bus school. This kid grew up not knowing what the fuck was going on. He's socially completely inept, and it's taken him most of his adult life to get to the point where he can even function in society a little bit. And it all started with his dad left, his mom was pissed, he had a grandmother who went through the same thing, and so he lived in a home where all men are evil, all men are, are garbage, all they're going to do is, 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 is fuck you, impregnate you, and leave, etc., 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 and he he spent literally the probably the first twenty years of his of his life once he hit puberty and was attracted to women, trying to be the nice guy into their lives, and it never works. It never works. You always end up being an emotional tampon. Period. Uh, it's just, it just, it, I I don't know why it is. It just is this way. But this kid, I mean, I grew up with him. I went to high school with him. He he had problems. He one one point he thought he was maybe bisexual. Another point he was like, I don't know, maybe I'm gay, maybe I'm asexual. I don't know. All these issues, and I'm just going, dude. Did you ever stop and think that you just have some crazy fucking cunts in your family that have fucked with your head? Your sister, they sent her to college, bought her her first home, bought her her first car, and they locked you in a back bedroom with a fucking computer and an Atari twenty six hundred, and said if you come out, you're going to get beat with a Hot Wheel racetrack. Meanwhile, your princess of a sister, everything she wanted, she got. You can't tell me that does not it's not going to fuck with a kid. Of course it does. And, and I get it. I under I understand what it's like to hate someone you had a kid with so much, <laughs> but you can't take that out on the kid. And we now have how many generations just of of parents and families devastated by divorce? And it's 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 the, it's a it's a third rail. You can't bring it up. Why? Because you're misogynist. You're evil. You're this. You're that. No, no. You know what? This shit is. Most most people in prison have two things in common. They were raised in a single parent household and they came from poverty. Period. It's not good. And to sit here and 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 act like everything feminine is wonderful and to, and to pimp this on your kids. You're going to have a generation of, of men growing up who don't know who the fuck they are. And that's where we're at right now. Yeah. I wanna, I wanna, so you said that, that uh, the overwhelming statistic for people in prison is that they, they grew up in a single family household and, they, and in poverty, right? That's the shared, 
the, the two things they share. Over, the overwhelming right. number of people in prison had those two things in common. But does, to me, it, like, it all goes back to poverty, right? Poverty breaks up families. Mm-hmm. And it pisses Isn't people it? off, and they take it out on their kids. Right. I don't know. I mean, I, I've, I've, I, my mother, my mother fucking looked me dead in the face plenty of times when I was a kid and said that my life would be so much better if I never had you. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, I didn't Sorry. ask to be here, bitch. So <laughs> what do you want me to do about it? You know, and my, see, but that's the thing. That's not an unusual occurrence in, in my group of friends. Most of my friends' parents are divorced. Overwhelming. One of them, he lived with his dad. One of them. The rest of them all lived with their mom. And the, one th- the, the common thread when we sit down and we start talking about growing up in a, in, in a single mom household is the beatings. Uh, they tried to drug us up because you're hyper. No, he's, I'm a boy. You can't stuff me right. in a fucking room and go, don't do, the, don't do shit and, and, and stop fidgeting. He fidgets, doctor. Can we give him something to calm him down? Yeah, it's called being a kid. He daydreams when when they're at school. They say he daydreams when they're talking about calculus, cause it's fucking boring. That's the normal reaction. You don't need to drug that kid. And I mean, it's become so something of, where a lot of that may come from the you know the subconscious narrative that the boy is broken because he's a boy. You know, if you have that that sort of default setting where all men are bad. And all men are this or this or this or this. Anything that displeases you about the child is going to be subconsciously because he's a boy, he's broken. We have to somehow fix it. In other words, kids fidgeting. Well, fucking boys. God damn it. Can we give him some drugs? I, exactly. I, in a million years, I could never imagine if my daughter was bored in math class, going to a doctor and going, do you have something to calm her down? Can we drug her in some way? <laughs> That's like a last ditch effort, man. That is the that is you have tried everything else. You've tried tutors, and believe me, none of us none of us had that. Now my buddy who I was talking about, his sister had tutors. He never did. Shut up, go to your room. And if he came out he got his ass beat. What's the answer? And that was just how it was. The, you know what the answer is? And it, it ain't pretty. We got we to gotta realize fucking uh, motherhood does not make you a saint. You know, we, we pimp this shit. And it's, if I was a woman, I'd be pissed off. That like, oh, the hardest job in the world is being a mother. Really? Really? The hardest job in the world is being a mother? Then, then why do so many women who bitch about how hard it is keep signing up for that fucking same job over and over and over and over to the tune of five, six, seven, eight, nine kids. If it's hard to raise one kid, why do you have seven others? Oh. Well, eventually they help to raise themselves. <laughs> well, this isn't the 1910s, where we, and this isn't a John Steinbeck novel where we're going to be working the Dust Bowl and we need kids on the farm. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. It's a vagina, not a clown car. And it's... And, uh, we it's, act like everyone who has a child is a hero, and as someone who does not have children, I do not understand it. Yeah. It's seven did you watch, billion people did you guys on the fucking watch, planet. Did you guys watch the Zuckerberg interview the other night? I did no. not. Yeah, and the very last question, the the, the woman asked a terrible interviewer, by the way. I just I don't know why the hell she was the one interviewing Zuckerberg. But so, Mark, how did being a father affect? How you saw how everything was going with Facebook. It's just this total, it was, it, it was like a dog whistle. 
to I don't know to mothers or to it's, it's it just it's like, really struck me as horrendous a terrible question to ask in that scenario. Well, you can't care about people until you make one. That's the yeah, rule. apparently not. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's, 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 it's viewed, Bill Hicks has the best quote about it. You know, they talk about, people talk about it's a miracle. And he says, no more than a miracle of eating some food and a turd coming out of your ass. I mean, that's <laughs> really what I think reaction. about it. One sperm, well, one it's, sperm it's biology. 385 it's, million made it, and it's a miracle? <laughs> no. Fertilized an egg, and a, and a woman had a baby. It's biology. It happens every fucking day. I've wiped civilizations off my stomach with a gym sock. <laughs> like, why don't we just make heroes out of people just doing what... There's seven billion of us, and it's been we, happening since the beginning of time. To lighten why things up just a little special? bit. When I come on this show from now on, can we have, like, a Bill Hicks section? <laughs> He's the I thought, best. I thought, I thought that half this show was a Bill Hicks section. <laughs> I know, right? Problem is, it just isn't funny. Half <laughs> we got we got to no, we get from the anger to the funny at some point. Yeah, right? yeah, it's the it's the Hitler had the right idea. He was just an underachiever. Half, you know, that it's that. But of course, I found that funny. I can see where a lot of other people be like, "Wow, dude, that's kind of dark." And I'm like, "That's where my sense of humor resides." So, yeah. eh. but no, look, just to, to be to be absolutely honest, it is when it. When you have 50% of people who get married get divorced, their first marriage, and 70% of people who get married a second time get divorced, and over 80% of those divorces are initiated by women, why is that? And we can't even have that conversation because, wait, 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 what does it matter? She's unhappy. You want her to stay and be a slave? No one said that. That's, what, that's how your mind works because you're a stupid fuck. No one's saying that. If you're getting your ass beat, if you're being constantly cheated on, yes, fucking leave. I understand that. But I have met, this is the beauty of being me. I am an ugly, fat man. I am an asexual creature to so many women that they speak so freely around me, I've come to despise most of the female race or the female gender. Because they are the most disgusting fucking hypocrites on the face of the earth when it comes to shit. They want everything to be catered to them, but they want none of the responsibility that comes with it. Case in point, I have heard dozens, could probably almost go to two dozen, if I really sat down and thought about the names of women say, yeah, well, I'm going to marry them, and if it doesn't work out, I'll just divorce them and take half. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? No, Are you not. kidding me? And they say it in front of me, and they laugh. Why? Because they know I'm not a sexual being to them, so they don't. They, they drop yeah. the facade. You know what you are? You're the fag hag. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, you kind know, of. That's exactly threat. what you are. <laughs> and my oh, buddy sorry. Corey can was... tell you horror stories about the fag hags that 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 hover around him, and he goes, "Let me tell you something." I thought guys were scumbags in relationships. Women, way worse. Yeah. Because women do shit like fuck your brother. Yeah. We fuck the bitch at work who's going to suck our dick in the broom closet. Okay. You know, women do shit like get pregnant and then come home and say, oh, I'm pregnant and it's yours. Yeah. And then I did. 18 years later, hey, yeah, yeah. 
You know, you remember the uh, the really hot chick that uh, used to clean Same. the radio station? Edit. Edit. No <laughs> last names, please. <laughs> Do you remember her? No last Vaguely. names. Vaguely, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway. That's right. Yeah, you can't. You have to call me Chris. Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> I just, that's how I know you. I've, I've done that a few times myself. So. No, trust Sorry. me, too. It's the transition because I have a job. Well, we all have a job. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm not used to that because I never use my real name. So <laughs> I haven't put my real name on the internet in 10 years. Uh, except when I'm buying something. So anyway, yeah. You, you remember her? Vaguely. Yeah, yeah. That was my... Uh... Anyway, I just uh, triggered a memory when Chris was talking about banging the chick at work. What? <laughs> Does that make me a... Does that make me a, a patriarchist? A misogynist? Well, it's... Here's the thing, I can tell you this. I, I don't know uh, really where the answer to all this is, but I can tell you one thing. I am not going to let anybody tell me that Spike down here makes me a defective human being. I'm done with that. I'm not going to listen to it. I am not going to be subjected to that anymore. And if that means that I have to go out and I got to vote for Donald Trump 2020 to just tell you motherfuckers, go fuck yourselves, I'll do it. And I am not alone here, kids. You know, this, this I, I like to call it bilateral reactionary extremism, identity politics, division, or unity via division of identity politics. I'm telling you, mark it down, write it down right now, write down the episode that we're in. What number are we in right now? 229. Write it down, listener. Number 229, the Regimented Podcast, that if you don't stop this, if you don't get this under control, you don't get your ego under control, you don't get your self-fucking-supremacy under control, you're going to have another four more years of this shit. Because I am not alone here. There are women, there are, I'm not going to categorize every woman in this because I've talked to a lot of them that think that these uh, feminist extremists are as batshit as we do. They're not going to vote for you, with you, it's not for you, it's not, they're not going to be associated with you in 2020. And all your dicks and vaginas are going to get all hard and wet come November in the midterm elections when Democrats win a bunch of seats just like the Republicans did in 2010, remember that. And you're going to go in, and you're going to get, you're going to step up on your soapbox. You're going to start yelling a little bit louder. Ooh, feminism, feminism, feminism! And then you're going to you're going to wonder what the fuck happened again in 2020 when you lose because and, and you're 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 going to be partially responsible for what happens to the country if Trump gets another four years because you helped put him there. When, well, right? Uh, if <laughs> where's the consistency, feminists? And how come they're not going after Stormy Daniels and what's this uh, Playboy model now that has a, a story Mc, about it? Karen McDougal. Yeah, Karen. Yes, thank I don't. You. I don't know because I don't read Karen Playboy because I don't. I don't. I don't feed rape culture. Sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. Excuse me. I'm objectifying Karen McDougal right now. Right. So, <laughs> so, uh, so like the, these say, two like, people are are the heroes. You got to give it to him. Eh. She's hot. But no, he's no, fucking he's well hot. above his pay grade if he wasn't rich. Let's oh, put it that the, way. the Playboy model, yes. Karen? Yeah, yes, she is hot. Story, not really my style. No, but, mine either. But but how come these people are, are heroes? I, mean, I wouldn't say no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't say no either. That's not what I I'm saying. I feel like we're on the man show all of a sudden. We're the judges. <laughs> <laughs> what a... What I'm trying to say is that Karen McDougal's a an 
nine, and Stormy Daniels is like a seven and a half. <laughs> no, Let's try fair. Yeah, enough, I, like, but... <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah. Well, and once again, it's it's as long as it's it goes back to what we were talking about with Facebook and your data. When yeah. it got when it got Obama elected, it was okay. Right, right. But now I got Trump elected. Now it's not okay. It's right. that is the, that's the people that drive me up the wall. I have a set of standards I hold myself to, which just so happens to be completely fluid and can change at any moment without notice. And another set of standards which are ironclad. Which if you don't follow, you're a scumbag of a human being that I hold everybody else to. And it should be the opposite. You should hold yourself to a higher standard than you hold anybody else. It's, but yet you can't rationalize with these type of feminists because the victim narrative has been driven so deep in their head. It's a part of their fucking core being. You know, it's, talking yeah, I mean, this to Corey, goes back to what, what we were talking about earlier, though. It's the dogma. It's the doctrine. It's the religion. It's become to, the religion. Talking to Corey at work, you know, I said, let me ask you a question, Corey. If you and your boyfriend get into a physical altercation and the cops show up, does automatically one of you the bad guy and one of you the good guy based solely on your gender? And he goes, no. In fact, we wouldn't even tell him we were together. We would just say we're some friends. We, you know, get things got a little heated, whatever. Because if you say it's a domestic squabble, all hell's going to break loose. I said, but do you understand where I'm coming from? That's something that you get that I don't. If, if a woman beats the shit out of me and I call the cops and I'm standing there bloody and I've been in this situation, bloodied, and the next door neighbor who's sniffing around because he wanted to fuck her comes over to white knight it up and he comes through the door and I'm sitting there, black eye, busted lip, bloody nose, first thing, she hasn't been touched. First thing he says to me, if you touched her, I'll fucking kill you. Really? Faggot, you're going to kill me? You piece of shit. And, and at that point, it's probably a good thing I didn't own a gun because I'd be in prison in Arizona right now because I'd have shot that motherfucker and then reloaded and then emptied again into him. Look at this your fedora, is, buddy. This is the bullshit I talk about <laughs> that people go, that women go, that's such a rare occurrence. No, it's fucking not. Would you, when you really look at the statistics of... Who put the hands on the other person first in domestic disputes? A lot of times it's the women because they think they're protected. My mom used to beat the shit out of every guy she was in a relationship with until she ran into the one guy that said, don't think so. But you know what she did after he beat the shit out of her? Never laid her hands on another man she was in a relationship with. It's like when you were a kid. You can't touch me. It's child abuse. Remember that? It was a big thing up until... Uh... <laughs> Got the shit kicked out of you. Got your ass beat a couple of yeah. times by mom and dad. <laughs> and then after the belt got put away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah my, my sister my sister said she was going to turn my dad in. He picked up the phone, dialed 911, and threw it at her and said, go ahead, tell him. Because guess what? They're going to need a hearse by the time they get here. And he was like, <laughs> click, and hung up. And he's like, that's what I thought. And then there was all, well, it's a different story. But, no, it's, it's just, <laughs> I... It's frustrating because, look, I don't think that this is ingrained into women, encoded in their DNA, the women that do this shit I'm talking about. I don't think it's, I think it's a learned behavior. I think society turns a blind eye towards it. It's just like we make jokes every time it happens 
But, you know, 35-year-old male teacher fucks a 15-year-old female student, throw his ass in prison, he's going to be a pincushion, and 35-year-old teacher fucks a 15-year-old student, and the sexes are reversed, and we're like, nice, you know? Why the fuck does this kid say anything? What the fuck's wrong with him? Local yeah, hero. They're hot half the time, too. 35-year-old teacher. Oh, We're not talking, you're not talking honey boo-boos, Mom, here, either. Oh. These women are all right looking half the time. Oh, the one in Florida what? was like, I'd kill everyone on this podcast just to fucking make soup out of her panties, I swear <laughs> to God. Yeah, you'd have to she you was couldn't catch me. I'd be down there before you would. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'd like to tower her with you, Todd. Hey, you stop this nonsense, because you're both too old, apparently. All right? Yeah, I know, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> we have grass on the field. She doesn't want to play. Is there any any one of you three that would have been scarred or damaged? No, because I'm oh, yeah. the rule theory. If you beat off to it, it wasn't abuse. Oh my god! No, no, that would have. I think actually, and I'm not. I'm, I'm not. Actually, I'm not if you beat this. off to it later, you know, I'm you're not jerking it when you're 18. To when you fucked this chick when you were 15, that is not abuse. I am not saying this to be a smart ass at all. I, I 100% mean this. If I had banged my 35-year-old hot teacher when I was 15 years old, it would have done wonders for my self-confidence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I would have grown up probably a better human being. I'm not kidding. But once again. I think maybe, maybe it should be part of the curriculum. <laughs> <laughs> local once again. Local boy. We, you know. And that, and that's just the tip of the iceberg of things that the double standards and the pass, the pussy pass, you know, or the, put, the, the the female entitlement, the toxic femininity, all right? That's just the tip of the iceberg of that. But we can't ever talk about that. I had a discussion with a friend, and I said, you're, you know, your female privilege, and she fucking jumped up out of her seat. There's no such fucking thing. And I said, Really? Do you want me to list the ways that women... Go to a bar. Go to a bar with no get money. Privilege. You'll get drunk. No. Fuck the superficial shit. Bitch, you could pop out kids, and when you can't afford them, Section 8 puts you up. When I pop out kids and I can't afford them, the state puts me up in a fucking prison. <laughs> fuck you, bitch. Shut up, sit down, take many seats, because you've just been fucking shut the fuck down. I'm like, Negan, I will shut that shit down. Don't come at me with no half-ass, weak, titty bullshit like that. And she just was like, well, that's just one example. Would you like me to beat your boyfriend's ass and then call the cops and say, he hit me and see who goes to jail, even if there's not a mark on you? I, I could keep going. And she's just like, Accuse that's not privilege. Harassment these days. Oh, <laughs> hey, all, all, all women of all victims of rape should be believed without proof. She's one of those type of feminists. And I'm like, you ever read *To Kill a Mockingbird*, bitch? Huh? So, all, so, so, just string well, them up. Less political. Buy car insurance. Exactly. Buy car insurance. Uh, I, what until you're I'm 25? Still for the protests for women to go. Hey, we want to pay just as much. I'm still waiting for that protest. Did, did they have to sign up for selective service? No. I'm going to take this back into the realm of practice. What, what if they are paid the same? It's just that it's accommodated for the amount of time that they l will actually live. Like, guys are paid more because we're going to die sooner. <laughs> you know what? You know what? You know why men one. die before women? So they can f have some peace for a few years before <laughs> she shows up. 
I'm going to bring this back <laughs> into something tangible here. Okay. That that uh, I, I want to put in the thousands of listeners that you have. I want to put it in their ears. Okay. Listen to the conversation that's happening right now. We are not outliers. I guarantee it. There are a lot of people that do not have a microphone in front of their mouth and a Skype connection and a podcast network who are talking about the same things. I promise you. And if you're not careful, batshit extremists, you little green tea party feminazists, if you're not careful, you're going to see, you're going to reap the results of this in about six years. Or in about two years. Sorry. Jesus Christ. Well, you know, there's... I'll say it again. People in the middle of the country are tired of being told they're bad people. Yep. There is a very small, but I guess well-connected online movement that I ran into called uh, Men Going Their Own Way. I guess MGTOW for short or whatever. And it's all about guys going, I'm never going to get married or have kids. It's not worth it. I'm going to live for me. No, no relationship is longer than a hump and dump. There's, you know, in fact, relationships should probably be, you know, banned. Not banned, but you, you, you shouldn't get into them. Go to a hooker. Look at porn online. Take care of yourself. Jerk the evil out of you. That's going to make you go, <laughs> it makes sense to me to risk half of everything I own and my pension for this woman. And get it out of you and then think clearly and then move on with your life. And I'm like, what? that should that is a great name for a porn site. Jerk the evil out. Evil <laughs> I can't take credit for it. That's Patrice O'Neill. He said that's how come women have, uh, he goes, women, you come internally. Come as emotional. I jerk out evil every day. I jerk out a murder every day. I'm like, ah, oh, I got a receipt. That's it. I was going to kill someone over that. You know? Hold on for a second. Hold on for a second. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hop on uh, GoDaddy, and I'm going to reserve G-T-E-O-O-Y.com right now. <laughs> but, I mean, it's an extreme reaction to it, but this is where... That's not extreme where, at all. This is where guys who have, have seen... That's a very practical reaction. It is. Actually. Yeah, I don't see that as extreme. I mean, I would be in exactly, I was living that. I got lucky. I hit the girlfriend lottery <laughs> 60 years ago. Uh, otherwise, I would be right there. I was headed that way, consciously. Now, why do I want to put up with this bullshit? Why do I want some woman that's going to try to put me into a little fucking box, make me live up to this Prince Charming standard she got embedded with when she was four, the white knight on the horse and all this stuff? It doesn't understand what a man is, has no concept, and wants to breed it or is sort of condition it out of him. And even worse, they don't care to understand. Make love to me tenderly. Fuck you. No. Yeah, Bill, Bill Maher said I don't it best. Think I, want to. I want to bend you over the bathroom sink today. Bill Maher said it best. There's no such thing as uh, mutual fantasies where a, a handsome, iron, you know, square jawed gentleman rides up on a white horse puts you on the back, carries you to the beach, and then comes on your face. It just doesn't exist. <laughs> That's a, I, I remember that. And no, but it's, it's really un, it's unfair, though, that, that girls, and I'm, I'm going to defend women a little bit here, because this is, this is sort of put into their head when they're little girls. And the little tiny, what the, 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 the um, what's the word I'm looking for, the standard of the perfect man and what a perfect man is supposed to be like. It's totally unrealistic. 
You know, it's the equivalent. It's the male equivalent of a, of a Barbie doll. Where you cannot live up to this standard. It's not practical. It, it, that man, unless he's a really good actor, does not exist. And to expect him to is unfair to him, yeah, but it's also unfair to women to think that that's the ideal that they have to be looking for. It's terrible. You can't find it. You can't meet that standard. Stop putting that idea into your kids' heads. I, that's what I'm saying. I, I, that's why I have, as, as frustrated and enraged as I can get about some of these subjects, that's why I still have compassion and empathy for a lot of women because they didn't ask for this shit. Disney, Disney movies, romantic comedies, yeah, bullshit fucking music that is catered towards 14-year-old girls' emotions have lied to them. The difference is we tell men on a daily basis, porn lies to you. Delivered pizzas for seven years. I've never shown up and got fucked by three hot lesbians. Rich, Porn lied to me. You have to cut a hole in, in the, the box. In the box, yes. That's, it, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> I heard you ordered pizza with extra sausage. You know, I, I can't you know, do it right now, but I, I, I need you guys to remind me to tell you the Amtrak story sometime. Okay. <laughs> All righty. Okay. Done done. Rich, the oh, best I ever got I was a, just can't a woman do it getting right ready for her job at the titty bar. That's the best I ever got. The years I was delivering pizza. Yeah, I've had women. I mean, you never got anything at the station. Hot women who came to I'm the door about in their underwear. Pizzas. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And here's that's another thing. You're, a, you're you are a drop dead gorgeous woman, and you come to the door in panties and a bra. You know what you're doing. If I, <laughs> and and it, 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 it's but this goes back to the. Excuse me, my eyes are up here. Look here, bitch. If I walked around with half my balls hanging out, I wouldn't expect 100% eye contact. You know what the fuck you looked like when you left the house. Stop shaming me for doing what you want. Just because I'm not the guy you want to look at your titties, guess what? They're on display for everybody. You know, it just occurred to me. I, I had this idea. I put this idea up on Facebook uh, last week. I was sitting here like 2 o'clock in the morning after Stephen Hawking died. And I was watching like the Stephen Hawking marathon, and I got this this notion in my head that everything in the universe is based on balance, right? Everything. I mean, it's like a perfect balance between mass and uh, space, if you count like dark matter and all that shit. Right. And it just occurred to me that this is sort of like it's almost like the beginning. And I know we're not alone here, but it's almost the beginning of the backlash, the balance, the rebalancing against feminist extremism. You're hearing. The rebalancing coming from four guys right now. You know, this is the whole the whole notion that I always come back to with the bilateral radicalization and everything. There, there is for every action, political or otherwise, in nature there is an equal and opposite reaction because nature demands equilibrium. You see what I mean? And I think that yeah. to tie this, to bring this back, the, to bring this back to the the general, I guess, discussion and theorem when we're talking about politics and we're talking about the the bilateral radicalization, that you can swing yourself, clear the fuck off to the left, but if you haven't noticed, every time you do, somebody's going to go completely equally and opposite to the right. Because there's always going to be, whether you like it or not, there's also always going to be some sort of equilibrium between the two. So the further you go to the left, the further somebody's going to go to the right. There's going to be balance one way or another. The so, only way so, to the, the only way so to that's exist, why Donald Trump was, ap- was after Obama? It's exactly right. Black guy, we go to Trump. So yeah, what's coming exactly next? Exactly right. 
That's ex- it's exactly right. That is, this is exactly oh, is this where we get a woman? right. This is where we get civil war. You are not taking Neat. it far enough, my brother. You are not taking it far enough. If you're not careful, that's exactly what we're going to get. How else can it end? Tell me. I've said this before. I freaked you guys out when I was talking about this. I think I sucked the air out of the bottom of the podcast. I remember that. <laughs> but that's exactly where we're headed. You keep going that way. You keep going that way. You keep pulling on that rope. The rope's going to break. The only why, way to exist peacefully is in the middle. Compromise. That's why I have such a disdain for these Antifa fucks. The same way I have disdain for like yes. the, the far-right militia weekend warriors who are praying for a civil war. So they can finally shoot the shoot shoot myself some darkies, you know. I, I, you people don't know what you're asking for. You think you do, but you don't. We are perfect. We're we're a perfect example just in this podcast. I'm not a sexist. I have nothing against women. Nothing. I think they ought to be paid equally. They ought to be free to do what they want with their bodies. Fuck who they want to fuck. I do not care. But you start talking to me like I'm subhuman. We got a problem, and that's it. Well, look at you, the phrases they get used. Mothers, fathers, teach your sons not to rape. Excuse me. Uh, uh cut I, dry. Generally, I, I, I mean, I don't recall my parents sitting me down and going, "Hey, uh, by the way, don't rape." Never really had that conversation. You never needed to. Didn't need to. Yeah. Same thing with "don't kill people." You know, I'm waiting for that to be the new battle cry. Don't put the cat in the microwave. You know, if you if you have if you have a Fair child, enough, mom and dad. If you have a child who is raping kids the same age as them, guess what? You got a broken child, and you need to put that child someplace where that child can't hurt another person. Period. I've been around a lot of kids. I've been a kid. I don't think five year olds' instinct is to rape somebody. Unless they are severely mentally disturbed and something happened to them or they're born with their wiring crossed in some way. I just, it, but the, the arrogance of it that like, see, this is, this is what I'm getting at. This is, you always constantly hear people say, well, you don't know what it's like to be a woman if you're a man and you don't know what it's like to be black if you're white. So you can't speak on these subjects. Well, guess what? That sword cuts both ways, folks. The difference is. Why I may strive to understand your point of view, you don't care to understand mine. You go, you're privileged, you're a white male. I'm going to tell you what, right fucking now. I wish I was in the tail end of the generation. I, no, I wish I was born when white people are the minority in this country. That way I can act <laughs> and say whatever the fuck I want, and everybody's just got to fucking take it. Patrice O'Neill broke it down. He goes, this is how it is. Black women can say whatever the fuck they want to anybody. And then black men, and then gay men, and then you got your Latinos, and way down here is the white men who are straight. Y'all can't say shit. It's over for white men in this country. He goes, it's not even fun to fucking fuck with you guys racially anymore. He goes, I, I, I've, done, I've done comedy shows with a almost 100% white audience and been like, you know, tell evil white people jokes. And they just laugh and go, yeah, we're, we are evil. It's not even yeah. fun anymore. Right. You just take it. And I'm like, you know what? Where is my, you know, fucking white privilege card? It must have got lost in the mail. Where's my uh, uh, born with a million dollars in a bank account 
and the, you know my Cadillac benefits just by virtue of being born a white male in America. Fuck it, I'll be the minority, and I'll take I'll take the hit just in exchange for me to be able to say whatever the fuck I want, and everybody just has to nod along and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't understand the white male experience. But, I, but that goes back to what I was saying. I don't see that happening. That's not going to happen. And that's the problem with playing identity politics. Jordan Peterson laid it out. When you play identity politics on the left, you create a group who's going to play it on the right. And when you divide people up by race, and the term person of color, people of color, is the most racist fucking term I've heard in a long time. Because what is it... What does that term do? White people over here, everyone else over here. People and then you of preach color. Uh, unity out of the other side of your mouth. Exactly. Now, if you want to play, and, and, and Jordan Peterson said it great on the, on the Joe Rogan show, you really want to play identity politics? Because uh, historically, white people play that game pretty well. <laughs> and in, in Germany during World War II, they played it a little too well. So how far down this rabbit hole do you really want to fucking go? And I... I don't want, I don't want, I, I don't care. I'm proud to be white. You're dumb. You're stupid. I'm proud to be black. You're dumb. You're stupid. What did you do to earn your whiteness or your blackness? Nothing. You are proud of, of, of nothing that you accomplished. You are proud of an, a, a consequence of your birth. That's it. Well, right. It's, it's like what we were talking about on a previous episode about being proud to be an American. Like, you, I feel like I am lucky to be born in America, yep. and I can be proud of things that my c- country does or represents that I identify with that I think are positive, and it's the same thing with race. You can be proud of what you're, you know, how you identify with your people and what you feel like they have accomplished, but just to be proud to be something is, it's just not even logical, is it? <laughs> No, no, it's it, tribalism. No, it's like being, you know, it's like being proud to be a man. That's all it is. It's it's same, all it is. same things. No choice. You were born. That's what happened. You know, right. I, I I said this to a friend of mine, and he's a black guy, and he was like, you know, he said, I cannot remember exactly what he said. So I'm gonna paraphrase. Basically, that he doesn't get this. You know, the white people that go, well, how come you can say black pride? And you can say. Latino pride or La Raza and all this, but if you say white pride, that's that's you know horrible. And I'm like, it's all stupid. I'm like, Demarcus, let me ask you a question. You're a tur- touring musician making a living playing music. Did you get that because you're black? Did you get that because you? I don't know. Does he play bass? Uh, drums, drums, sings, and guitar. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, no. I, I mean, saw but, South Park. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Token, you're black. There's a bass in your house somewhere. <laughs> But no, it's. I'm like you got it because of your talent, the the hours of work you put in, constantly playing for free, going to open mic nights and sitting in with any musician that would let you sit in with them, putting your name out there. Stop. Where the where the fuck is your self esteem to think that you got this from anything else besides what the the hard work you put in and maybe some dumb luck? I will I will say. I'm not one of those people that say, there's no such thing as luck, you make your own luck. Bullshit. I've seen people who just through pure fuckery have ended up in careers that have set them up for life. It was just a coincidence of right place, right time. And they'll be the first ones to tell you, I didn't work hard for this. Someone saw me do something. They were like, hey, you're pretty good at that. You want a job? Three years later, I'm making six figures. Or or more commonly, just uh, 
you seem like you're okay and you know this person who already works for me. Do you want a job? <laughs> you know what gets you a job quicker than a piece of paper from a college? Knowing somebody who works there. Yes. That's the, that, absolutely. That's it right there. And you don't even have to know him well. And I, I, I obviously can't read my buddy's mind. I don't know if he took it, if he was just agreeing just to get the subject changed. But he said, you know what? I, I've never really thought about it that way. You should be, everybody should be more proud of the, what they've accomplished than accidents of birth. And that's where I said. How off would he be if, if they were like, if he found out, well, no, you got the gig because we needed a black drummer. Exactly. Like, that would piss him off more than likely, I'm guessing. Right, I don't that, know he man, wasn't, but, that he wasn't judged on his merit. Yeah, that it would diminish, like, no, you're not a good drummer. We need a black guy. Martin like, Luther uh, King said uh, he hopes that his children live in a world where they're judged by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. If he was to say that today, he would oh, be a leper oh, to the oh. left. He would be a leper to the left. Well, because this is what's ironic is that's now that's all we do. And Todd, you're, you're absolutely you're right. right. Todd, you're, you're absolutely proud to be the black. You're, you're absolutely right about. I've said this before, and people shake their head, or they go, "Well, no, you—that's your white privilege talking. You're coming. You're coming from a place of privilege. You don't know what you're talking about." And I'm like, "Okay, well then, fine. I'm coming from a place of privilege, but can we try it? Because this rushing to the far edges of the fucking scales and constantly tipping back and forth doesn't seem to be working." We're 50 years removed from the 1968 Democratic Convention riots. We're 50 years removed, 51 years removed from the fucking race riots in 1967. And by the American people's opinion, we are more divided racially 50 years later than we were at that time. Something's not right here. Why don't we try move into the middle a little bit? If, 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 if everyone's, you know... On the opposite ends and constantly trying to get power over the other side, there's never going to be any balance. You, if your goal yeah. is equality, the, you you need people in the middle. And the problem the is centering is two is ah, God damn it, I lost it. It's, sorry, Rich, go. Well, it's just centrist has become a a, a a pejorative term to use against someone. Oh, you're a fence sitting <laughs> centrist. What's oh, wrong with you? The other day. Uh, the, the chick who played Miranda on Sex and the City is running for governor in New York. Cynthia, Cynthia Nixon. Nixon. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the, the things that she came out with against, because uh, she's running against Cuomo's kid, Andrew Cuomo. And one of the things that she came out with him, like, as a pejorative, was like, he's a centrist and an Albany insider. Like, wait, wait, so it's bad to call somebody a centrist now? It's the Green Tea Party. That's exactly what the Tea Party did in 2010. Exactly. Exactly, exactly, exactly. You're not radical enough. And how many, I don't know how much TV you guys watch. There's a lot of advertising now talking about not compromising. It's typically in like your no, lifestyle and all this yeah, other you, stuff. You're a particular person and a unique individual and you need things a certain way. Why should you compromise? Why would exactly. you go anywhere else except for where we sell our product? Exactly. You know, Todd. I don't listen, watch a lot of TV, but I heard a radio ad for a t- trade school in Southfield. Not Specs Howard. Um, <laughs> I knew which one. Uh, no, no, seriously, it wasn't Specs Howard. It was like for an oh. HVAC school. Oh. And it started off with, it's this stereotypical Sam Elliott type voice. He's like, you know, in America, we've, we've been sold a bill of goods for the last 30 years that you need a piece of lamb skin to say you're worth anything. 
we need to get back to teaching people trades, and that's what we do at this school in Southfield, Michigan. And if you got a problem with that, you can come find us in Southfield, Michigan. I was like, that motherfucker just threatened the audience. He did the equivalent of, do you want to go out? You, do we need to step outside and handle this? In a fucking radio ad. Yeah. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Why, why would you? And ironically, in Southfield, you'd think that kind of attitude would be more for Wixom. Uh, fuck, why not? Some, down river somewhere. I, but why the, f- I mean, that's where we're at to where this mentality of if you're not college educated, then you must be a blue collar, Trump supporting, America loving, America loving, pickup truck driving, redneck. With a bunch of fucking red man stuffed in your cheek, and it's just—are you serious? This, that, those are my two choices in this country. I choose none of the above. How about that? You know what I choose? I'm a, fuck it. I'm gonna choose to drink, smoke, probably start shooting heroin, smoking crack. I don't give a fuck, and I just take myself out of this bullshit. Oblivion's better than this nonsense. It really is. Gospel it's, of Joshua. Only a winning move, not to play. I, it, it, you know, it's. It, I kind of agree with that. That's why there. No, I'm not kidding. I mean, it, it's. What alternative is there? Seriously, if you look at it, you look at where we are on the right. Okay, now I guess we're talking the political spectrum here. We're talking about you know which religion you're gonna you're gonna choose the the right or the left religion. You've got Trumpism, pseudo fascism, protectionism, or you've got the increasingly radical left. The Green Tea Party now. I mean, who do you choose? This is exactly what's going to happen, kids. They're, 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 it, the left is at the be- very beginning of where the right was in 2009. This is the Tea Party on the left. It is the Green Tea Party. They're starting to primary. They're starting to eat their own. They're starting to radicalize and move to the extreme left. So you're going to have a choice. I, I keep saying it. It's hyperbolic and it's fucking cliche. I hate it. But there's no better example to use than a choice between Hitler and Stalin. It's coming. Who do you choose? Who would you choose if you were you know, back in the 1940s and you had to choose between one of those two people? Would you choose to go live in perhaps Switzerland? Canada That's where we're be looking pretty good. They got hot. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if you, if you don't have a choice that you can live with, that you agree with, even partially, then, yeah, the only winning move, as I said, <laughs> get the fuck out. The only winning move is not to play. Wait until the shit settles. Hope there's something left and then get involved in the cleanup. You know, one of the one of the the absolute most mind blowing things I saw recently was on a debate page on Facebook that I'm a member of. Uh, someone posted, "Look, this needs to be said. Just because someone says the term white privilege doesn't mean that that your life is full, is is free of any struggle whatsoever. In fact." And then this person went on to say what I've been saying, but they put it in different terms. So I'm going to paraphrase it. Basically, white privilege is if a cop pulls you over, he isn't automatically thinking, I might have to shoot this motherfucker because of the color of his skin. So in other words, what are we talking about? We're talking about everybody should have the same rights. The most wealthy man should have the same rights as the poorest man. That's what... And I'm like, okay, I read it, and then I scrolled down and... It took five posts before the shit shit storm started, yep. and it was just it, 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 the 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 complete point of the message was lost on these people. It, they just they you had you had people come out, you know. Yep, I agree with you, and they you know 
have a point, and then they would have a discussion. Like literally a fifth post, you know what you're talking about. You have no idea what it's like to be a black man out here and be hunted by the cops. Basically, the police are like the slave hunters of back in the day, and white people need to realize this. And the only way they're going to realize it if they become the hunted. So maybe we need to kill some more white people. And I'm just like, if this is what we really want, then let's get it over with. Just, just fucking do it. Stop being pussies. You want a race war? You want a civil war? Whatever, fucking however you want to frame it, go do it. Whether you, you want it or not, it? it's coming. Well, well, like we, I said, if we don't correct course, it's coming. Whether it's wanted or it's not wanted, people are going like to find out real right now. People are going people are going to find out real quick that all of this bullshit fantasies they have of them starting the revolution and standing at the end holding the flag up <laughs> because over all the dead bodies and carnage because they survived. No, yeah, you're the yeah. tip of the spear. You're going to die first, motherfucker. Ask the people who hit the beach at Normandy, who, whose boots hit the ground first. Look at the survival rate of them. That's you. Is that what you want? Then go fucking do it. And leave us the fuck out of it, by the way. I don't, I, cause I don't know any, when, when people are that angry, well, how do you, how do you, you can't, there's, I need to stop saying, how do you get through to them? You don't get through. Don't. It's the dentist doctrine, baby. You give them what they want until they don't get, want it no more. You just, you just disconnect. You can't engage it. It's like engaging Santa, a two-year-old over Santa Claus. You know, have you guys been following the the news on this uh, the bomber in Atlanta that they mean Austin? Austin, Austin. Austin, I'm sorry. Yeah, I said Atlanta. Pardon me. The 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 bomber in Austin answered your question. Right. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That. uh, Well, I'm sure we're all familiar with the story, but since they've located the bomber and he's since blown himself up and left no sort of manifesto and no clues as to what his political affiliation might be. As, uh, it seems to be a real puzzle for people. Like that's what, that's what <laughs> the big question about this now is like, what made him do it? Yeah. Maybe he's and, just an asshole. You know, we, we didn't used to have these stories about like, like Son of Sam, right? He was just a fucking psycho. We didn't, we weren't after, you know, after he yeah, was like Maybe caught, he's just an asshole that wanted to kill a bunch of people. Like, why is it never on the table anymore? Right, but there, there must be some sort of, uh, there must be something going on here that we can attach a, uh, our own political cause to. This guy was radicalized by somebody. Yeah, this guy had some sort of agenda. He w- well, one of the first things I saw was that he had posted some anti-abortion, um, anti-gay marriage stuff on the internet somewhere on Facebook. I think it was. That was the very first thing I saw. And so naturally, yeah, it's uh, oh my god, another redneck, uh, out to blah 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 blah, terrorist, so, terrorist, terrorist, terrorist. Yeah, but why? Why is it you have? Why? It, it, you're right. The default position is to look for that. Yeah, um, what was the the tweet that I sent to you guys on the on through Messenger from uh, Chloe Bennett, who is a, an actor on uh, a show that I can't stop watching for some reason, uh, Agents of Shield, and she says that uh, in response to you know this this bomber being a white dude, that isn't it interesting that since the election of Trump, we've seen more 
people die at the hands of white men than we have at uh, so-called radical Muslim terrorists. Jesus Christ. I mean, ignoring the fact that that is also true for every single prior president. <laughs> <laughs> that is true throughout history. Okay, you know what, bitch? Just, <laughs> remember the I know that you, I know that you were raised. You were raised in the in the post nine uh, eleven era of the you know you you could be next you could be the next victim of radical Muslim terrorism. I mean, like it never never really was that big of a threat. You I know, know I know they did some horrible things, but let's face it. <laughs> if if she hates white men so much and she loves Muslims so much. Take your ass to one right. of them countries ruled under Shia but law, is, and and flap your fucking cock holster and find out what happens to you, bitch. Yeah, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this. Stop acting like because a white guy goes nuts. First of all, here's the beauty of this story. I was listening to NPR all week before they caught the guy, uh-huh. and at first, because it was people of color, aka code word for not white, right. they got bombed. It's racially motivated, and then he set up the tripwire in the affluent white neighborhood. <laughs> and NPR didn't know what to fucking do with themselves. Yeah. They did not know how to report it with the spin that they wanted to fist fuck into the story. There, yeah, there was definitely a narrative early on that that the, the bombings were targeting black people. Because mm-hmm. they, they needed, even before they knew anything about this person who was planning these bombs or mailing these bombs, there there had to be some political story there. There had to be a reason why Trump was responsible for this. I, and, you know, it's, it's, it's like the article that, that you posted, that you tagged me in, Todd. Yep. I posted the 10-minute clip of uh, Sam Harris and Ben Affleck on real time yep. so people would have context. And they wouldn't go, whoa, I'm going to hop on one side because I like Sam Harris or I like Ben Affleck. No, watch it and realize that as I watched it, after I got done cringing about Ben Affleck going, it's so racist to say Muslim. Muslims are not a race. Stop, you fucking idiot. <laughs> After I got done cringing about that, I was like, I almost felt sorry for him because I'm like, dude, you're trying way too hard, man. Yeah. Way too hard. Why is it so hard to accept? First of all, what, are we a nation of five-year-olds? Yeah. Because anytime something happens, someone goes, uh, I, I have a friend on Facebook. I get along with her, love her as a person, but she drives me nuts with her bullshit. Every time, anytime there's a shooting or a bombing or anything, that's a white terrorist. Yeah. Okay. And, but when some fucking dude with Muhammad drives a fucking bus into people over in France, I don't see you saying that's a Muslim terrorist. That's a person of color terrorist. You don't give a fuck about reality. You just want to go, white people do it too. Yeah, guess what? Crazy people come in all colors and flavors. People are fucked up. It's it's not shocking, (laughs) is it? Who's shocked by that? If you are, eat a Tide Pod or 10. I don't know what to fucking tell you. Because... and to watch this this story on NPR over the over you know as they report it day by day by day, I was just like <coughs> the, the 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 hypocrisy and the pushing of an agenda and the the framing of a narrative is blatant. And 
How the well, fuck you, can no one call them on that? Well, you got to understand. You, you, this goes back. I, I I don't know if you guys listen to the the Capitalist Media One Hundred and One uh, podcast I put together at EscapingTheCave.com. Uh, but I got into that a little bit. Now, if you're criticizing the media narrative, um, you and I have talked about this. I think off air too, Rich. That they have to do this. The media has to package their product to an audience, or they go out of business. You understand? People who listen to NPR expect that. And if they don't get that, they'll stop listening to NPR and go over to MSNBC. They have got to. It's a marketplace. They have to put together a product people want to consume. So I, I made the argument in that podcast that it's not the media's fault. They have to exist. They have to. If they don't, they die. If they don't put together a product that you will consume, you being the listener, these thousands of unregimented listeners, if they don't put together a product that you're going to listen to, they go away. They cease to exist. Right. So you want better content, then you have to be a more open-minded person who's willing to be challenged every once in a while. Yeah, ex- well, yeah, exactly. But the, the problem is that people don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> see, if they did, see, this, is, this, this drives me nuts when, when people start talking about the uh, conspiracy theories, the media, the mainstream media conspiracy theories. They're, they're putting together this bullshit content to keep us dumb and docile. That's horse shit. That's what you want. The media gives you what you want. The media doesn't drive us, kids. It reflects us. It has to. I know. I, and once again, I... I forget sometimes, and I go tilting after windmills. I, you know, I, we we get what we get what we deserve. This is what this is what sells. This is what we obviously want, no matter what we say. Exactly. And nobody's ever going to say it. I want I want news tailored to my beliefs. No one will ever say that. <laughs> you know, they, they can't. You know, maybe if they did, I could I could I can respect that. We we kind of. It, it, just, it goes back to something that I've been pushing for years on this show. We need to have honest conversations. When we all know where we all stand, we can deal with each other a lot better. How would, why would people do that? Why would people do that, though? It's so much easier to congregate yourself in a virtual mob who agrees with everything you say and point fingers at the other guy and call him evil. Makes you feel better about yourself. It's a lot of work to have a, a real conversation and to try to understand both sides of an issue and come to the truth on it or at least as close as you can, that takes work and effort, cognitive effort. It's so much easier to just sit here and surround yourself with friendly voices and friendly faces and point at the other guy and say they're evil. They're trying to take America away from us. Go take it back. Let's go get them. I I, I guess I I don't know. I'm trying... I don't know what's wrong with me then. I guess I'm a defective human. Well, because I'd rather surround myself with people who challenge me. No, but well, me does, I mean, you could say that we need to have an honest conversation about whatever this, the subject may be. The problem is that these people are having what they consider to be honest conversations because they honestly believe their own bullshit. That's true, too. Have you ever so, sat down and asked someone who's, I mean, an unashamed, unabashed racist why they hate the race they do? Be whatever race. N- no, never no, have. I've had one conversation like that, and it was eye-opening because while I didn't agree with his outlook on the world, I began to understand why he had that outlook. No, okay. So I, I can, I understand that. You know, I've, ne- I've never had that conversation, but 
I had uh, a boss that I worked for for a little while, and he would say some things that I just thought were vile. He would say some overtly racist things about black people. And, you know, say what you want. I'm, I'm guilty. Like, I didn't challenge him on it. I just wanted to have this job, have a steady paycheck, keep my head down. I didn't say, you can't say that about black people. Wait a minute. Why, why, would, but, why would anyone label you as guilty? Well, some, some may. Oh, there's a lot of people that would. Because you didn't that step I'm, in I'm, and I'm you compliant. didn't try to right the wrong. You didn't fuck, fuck your entire fuck life up right. to defend people that will never give a fuck so, about you. Okay, but, but the, po- the point that I'm making here is that, you know, part of this job was a, a lot of driving around. And while our clientele were in nicer neighborhoods, he was located in an area of Detroit that borders... Uh, well, there's a, he was basically in Gross Point right on the border of Detroit. So we had to uh, drive through Detroit in order to get to our destination a lot. And he would tell me stories about growing up in, in that area. He, he grew up downtown Detroit. He lived there his whole life. And, you know, I, I never had an open, honest conversation about him. Like, why, what, do you, what is this problem that you have with black people? But it was made evident through his stories. I'm not defending his point of view. I'm not defending his racism, but I can see where he gets it from. And this exactly. idea that, like, this town used to be something and it, now it's turned to shit and all I can see are black people living in the city, right? I can, I can see the, the route that his brain took. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think that even if I grew up in that situation that I could... I would think differently, but who's to say? Well, it's like it's like when I read the autobiography of Malcolm X. You know, I'm reading it, and if you if if any of you've ever read that book, I mean, he recounts countless situations where he was treated less than human simply because of his race. He went uh-huh. to an all white school at one point, and they just openly referred to him as a, you know, oh, the little nigger boy. Right. That it was like his second name, and I'm sitting here and I'm having a conversation with a friend of mine. And he's like, why the fuck are you reading that book? That, that book ain't for you. I'm like, what the fuck you mean? For, for, who the fuck is a book for and not for? I didn't open it up and it said, close the book, Whitey. So it, obviously it's for me. I can read it. And, and I broke it down to him. I'm like, he goes, well, I don't understand. He, all he did was hate white people. You'd probably hate white people if you grew up black in his situation too. But you know the difference? When he went to Mecca and he saw Muslims of all races eating, sleeping, drinking, praying together, he came back and said, uh, yeah, that whole Nation of Islam, Elijah Muhammad shit, yeah, I always said, as the Honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches us, I was speaking his words, now I'm speaking mine. Mm-hmm. He, in, in, he expanded his view because he got out of this pigeonhole piece of the world that he lived in. And if you grow up as a white kid in a predominantly black neighborhood, getting your ass kicked, being called Ofe cracker, white bread, gray meat motherfucker the entire time, gee, I could kind of understand why you'd grow up and be a little fucking, like, I really don't want to live around those type people. I can understand that. It's like when I lived down south. 
in the in the in the really hillbilly parts of, of uh, I mean, like the Redneck Riviera Panhandle part of Florida, it's not black people that fucking everybody's ooh scared of. It's the rednecks because they yeah. fucking get drunk and do stupid shit. Where did you live down there? Uh, I lived basically between uh, Orlando and Daytona Beach, Central Florida. Oh, all right. All right. Yeah. I lived in uh, Fort Walton Beach in the Panhandle. It's like southern Alabama there, man. Yeah, well, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's, it, 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 when I didn't, when I was in Florida, you know, if a car full of black kids were rolling by, people weren't like, oh, shit. It wasn't like Friday, hide your chains, here comes Debo. No, it was when a lifted truck with a rebel flag coming, playing David Allen Coe, you were like, oh, let's get the fuck out of here, man. These toothless yahoos. Who the fuck knows what the fuck's going to go on? And it was the truth. They were the ones that I'd go to Gators Dockside off 1792 and playing pool, having a few drinks. They're the ones that come in and half the bar clear out. You know why? Because they're there to start shit. Now, is that because I was cognitive of that and I was stereotyping them also? Mm-hmm. Is that... Is that bad? Well, I, I or guess is we're, that we're talking about the, the difference between profiling and prejudice. Where profiling is kind of just... Profiling is the, the built-in part of it. It's in our nature to profile. And to, you know, just as a, a means of survival, to be able to assess situations that you're in and, and assess your safety. That's, you know, built into... Your your instinct for survival. Yeah, to we profile, profile every is, day, and we don't even think. I about had to do it. that. Right? Does this my person? Do, I have my to hitchhike. evaluate. Does this person may, mean me harm or not? Yes. Yes. But then you know uh, that can, without some critical thought applied, it can easily spill into into prejudice by yeah. just saying, "Okay, well, I'm just going to believe that every black person means me harm or." is a bad person until you prove to me otherwise. At some point, I think with most people, though, I mean, there's 7 billion people on the planet, and it takes a whole hell of a lot of effort to apply 7 billion cases of nuance to everybody. Who has the time for that? Who has the time mm-hmm. to get to know every single person they come into contact with? <laughs> you know, I, I, I quote them all the time because... I. I not supporting that, I understand. I feel like I, I can't believe I have to say that, but somebody in your thousands of listeners is saying, oh, you're just, you're, you're supporting racism and prejudice. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. But you, you have know, to I, understand, you have to try to understand how people think. You know, I quote him all the time, and it's, be, it's because, personally, I think he was the best comic of his generation, and like all good comics, they're, they're, they're part prophet, they're part funny men, and they're part... They're they're that person that, that's going to tell you the truth whether you want to hear it or not. And Patrice O'Neill was talking about, hey, guess what, white people? If you're walking at Harlem at three in the morning, a group of five guys with saggy saggy jeans and puff coats and do rags on are walking towards you, run. <laughs> if I'm in Alabama at four in the morning and four guys with shaved heads are walking towards me, I'm not going to assume they're coming from chemotherapy. I'm going to run. I'd rather be racist and alive than tolerant and dead. Run, stupid. And I mean, yeah. it's it's it, when you have you you are shaped by your experiences. This is why I have such a hard time. People to go, all your experiences don't matter. It's anecdotal evidence. Fuck you. All right, fuck you. 
If every single time I got around a certain breed of dog, that breed of dog mauled me. When I see it for the hundredth time after 99 maulings, I'm supposed to go, oh, this is going to be the one that's different. I got I got to interject here. If we're having an authentic conversation, then we have to apply that standard and explore feminism and the Me Too movement. And we have to apply that to how women are treating men. And yeah, I, I'm, agreed. And what do you mean? Like, as far as well, if it, that that's that's if we're going to apply that to you know the race question, and if a dog you, bites you, you repeatedly, you're going to stay away from that dog. You're not going to like that breed of dog. Well, from the female perspective, yeah, if you've been assaulted or groped, right? Eventually, oh, you're d- going to be sick and tired of that breed of dog. Def- and you're going to want to yep. you're going to want to avoid it. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it's intellectually that's the only honest way to go forward with it. You can't apply it in one area and then not in another. And this is this is why I, I've had I, I use Joe Rogan's example of the difference between people go well guys get groped by by a drunk women at the bar all the time. I know I've had it happen, and I'm like I, I just look at him and go how hard up are you and how drunk are you to grope me of all people? <laughs> I usually just say thank you. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I'm gonna give you ten minutes to get your hand off my dick. Um, but but no, I mean, I can see by your low self esteem that you're a woman of my style. <laughs> exactly, you're classy. I can take you home to meet stepmama. You know, and right. but no, uh, you know, and he goes, it's if a woman gropes me, and Joe Rogan is not. I mean, he's a he's built. He's you know he's in good shape. He's only like five eight, five seven. He's not a huge guy, but he's like if a woman gropes me, and I go to stop her. I can easily stop her. If a man gropes a woman, there is a power dynamic there that, oh shit, he might overpower me. Right. I understand and totally get that. And that's how come I get more pissed at the guys who are like, man, so what? So I, so I grabbed her ass. Do you un- Cocksucker, do you understand that you just planted a seed that all men... And now I have to pay for your sins because you're an asshole. What you're going to do is you're going to go to the bar and you're going to grab 100 women until the one who has low enough self-esteem and or is drunk enough fucks you because you don't care. That's how wide of a net you cast. I get to deal with the 99 other damaged fucking goods that you let loose on the world because you can't keep your fucking hands to yourself. Now I'm a rapist. Who do we apply? How do we apply this? So we're talking about feminism. All of us were talking about this. And we're, being men, we're sick and tired of being generalized with every fucking male snake out there by you know these f- radical feminists, right? Uh-huh. We expect yeah. nuance. We don't want to be pigeonholed. So do we apply that and then have to deal with the nuance when it comes to race? Or do we accept it? As far as, you know, if you get bitten by a breed of dog, I mean, that's the, I, I like that example because I, I think that sort of uh, emotionally fits. So if you've been bitten by a dog several times, you're not going to like that breed of dog. So do we take that and then apply that same standard to how women are treating men now? Which is it? It can't be both. We can't have a double, a double standard here and have any sort of intellectual honesty. See, but that's where, that's where I absolutely understand why women are like, you know, you, you don't understand what it's like to be a woman and be in a situation where you're like, oh, shit, I don't know if I'm safe. I, you know, I've had, I've had female friends explain to me, I've been at parties where there's four or five girls and there's like 20 guys. I'm not afraid of all 20 guys, but usually there's one or two. I'm like, uh, don't, don't let him get too, you know, keep him away from me. 
Right. You know, they. I've had it happen to me. I've had girls come up to me and be like, "Can can you do me a favor? Can you just like start talking to me?" And I'm like, "Yeah, why? Because that guy's a fucking asshole and he's not taking no for an answer." And I'm like, "All right, I get it. I understand that." My problem is when it turns into. I I want vengeance on all men for what a handful of men did to me. When you know damn good and well, not every man you've ever dealt with has done that to you, period. I know damn good and well not every woman is going to do to me in a relationship what has been done because I've seen relationships where it doesn't happen. But there are red flags that I now recognize that I didn't know before. And when I see them, I put my hand over my wallet and I back away slowly, no sudden movements. Because you don't know what the fuck bitch is capable of. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously. I've I've been in a relationship with a woman who got into an argument with me. And <clears throat> I'm talking just a heated argument. Voices raised, some cuss words thrown around. And her way of winning is she punched herself in the face and said, I'm going to call the cops, tell them you did that to me. I was like, bitch, you got to go. That was the end of that. That was She fight clubbed him. I, end of it. Because <laughs> if you're capable of that, what else are you capable of? I wonder she got a bunch of round trip airfare tickets too. Jesus. I mean, I, this, I, I was this black baby is yours. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I it's, I, you know, I've talked. My, all my friends know this. I was in a relationship. It was a rebound relationship. I rushed into it, and I did the typical <laughs> dumb guy move. I put myself completely. I went to go play an away game. I moved in with her across the country, got in a relationship, and this bitch was psycho. I did not vet her well enough. I did not know her history. I did not know that she had ran over one of her ex-boyfriends, had shot at another ex-boyfriend. I didn't know any of this until I was already knee-deep in this relationship. Fuck that. Neck-deep in this relationship. And she started beating the shit out of me. This is the chick I was talking about with the next-door neighbor who who had the white knight. And come on, if you touched her, I'll kill you. Uh-huh. And I mean... I'll do, just to be fair, I was fucking way above my pay grade, looks-wise. She always had guys sniffing around her. For whatever reason, that didn't bother me. And I guess that was the reason she she was like, okay, we can do this, and settled for my goofy-looking ass. But then when I got in a relationship with her, I'm like, oh, this is why you're constantly looking for a new guy. Bitch, you're crazy. And it got to the point where I was with her for, you know, I, I went through, the, I went, this... I went through everything, every story you hear about a battered woman goes through. I tried everything. I was, okay, maybe if I don't do, if I do this, she won't get so angry and she won't hit me. No, that's not working. Okay, maybe if I step this up. No, that's not working. Okay, maybe if I play it more aloof. No, that's really not working. Now she's kicking my, this type of woman who right, yelled at you keep at, going back to the problem is you, that you can fix this somehow. Exactly. We would watch TV. I, this is a Honest to God, true story. Flipping through the fucking channels on TV, and I, Pam, some Pam Anderson movie was on, and I must have paused a little too long for her liking. <laughs> and then I, when I flipped again, she was like, "You might as well flip it back because I know you want to fuck that bitch." And I was like, "Oh, here we go. So this is what we're gonna do all night. We're gonna fight. Wrong thing to say, because she had she went from zero to nuclear like that." Next thing I know, I'm getting fucking smacked upside the head. And, I mean, this bitch would ball her fist up and, I mean, fighter stance, square off, back, leg back so she could get her hip into the punch. Fight me. And she would go, hit me back, faggot, pussy. Hit me back. What's wrong? Why won't you hit me back? And I'm like, bitch, because I'm not going to prison. 
That's why. Because if I start, I won't stop. That's why. And so finally, I had worked. I had saved up enough money. Woke up one morning. She went to work. I packed my shit. I put it in my car. And I headed back to Michigan. Gone. No note. No nothing. This bitch tracked my grandmother down calling her. I need to talk to him. And my grandmother was like, I wish she'd have handled it a little bit better because it made me sound like a huge loser. She didn't, she didn't want to, because you know, she didn't want to give out my phone number. She goes, right. he doesn't have a phone, and hung up. And I'm like, <laughs> you couldn't come up with a better excuse. Like, like, you don't want nothing to do with your trifling ass. Click. I don't have a phone. Thanks, Grandma. I appreciate hey, that. It was at least an offensive move, all right? Then what <laughs> she did. for Grandma. Then what she did, when the phone bill came in, and she saw she got the New York phone number of my daughter's mother, she called my daughter's mother. And told her a bunch of bullshit. And so the next time I called to talk to my daughter, I started getting stonewalled. And I'm like, why can't I talk to my daughter? Why don't you go ask that bitch in Arizona? Like, you can't talk to your daughter. I found out what you were doing. And I'm like, this is this bitch is going to haunt me for years and years and years. One bad decision to be in a relationship. I understand what it's like for a woman to be in that position. I get it. But I also know a lot of women who get into relationships and they think... I'm protected because I got a vagina. I got my pussy pass. And I also know a lot of guys who are like, nah, bitch, I don't play that. You're going to hit me like I'm a man. I'm going to treat you like a man. And that's the way they carry it. And it's not black or white. This is the nuance. Like you said, Todd, I get it. We have to apply it here. But at the same time, if I walked around saying I want vengeance on all women for what this woman did to me, people would rightfully look at me and go, Oh, you're fucked in the head. But for some reason, I've had multiple women since this Me Too shit started last year in a conversation with me say, no, it's vengeance time. I want vengeance. It's time for a reckoning. You men need to pay. And then, by the way, five minutes earlier, they're going, well, I realize you're not one of these guys I'm describing, and it's hard for you to understand their mindset because you don't think this way. But because I challenge them, it turns into all men have to pay. So it's it's on both sides. There's got to be there has to be nuance on both sides. There has to be a desire to understand where the other people are coming from. Well, I think just as people like we have uh, this higher sense of justice, but all we're, we're really concerned about primarily is revenge. And I wish I could remember the source, but I was uh, there's a story about entertainment and how in movies you know even even in stories where the hero is supposed to be ultimately good no matter what and the story is about like we'll take superman for example right this is uh, he stands for truth justice in the american way right and he just wants to set things right and what does he end up doing at the end of his movie he gets his revenge. He, ki- he has to kill Zod in order to stop him. There's, we don't, we're disappointed by stories that don't end in some sort of revenge. It can't just be that the Black Panther, you know, uh, subdues his enemy and sets things back to the way that they should be in his country. That villain has to die. There has to be revenge there. See, I don't know, man. If that's the case, then maybe we are just a virus with shoes. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, seriously, let's just, let's just, let you know what? You know, it's going to solve all this. Right? Take the Project Mayhem out of Fight Club and let's do what Tyler Durden said. Let's de-evolve. Let's just fucking let, let just, just take everything back to a primal level. 
And just wear loincloths. There's, there's one event for humanity that could make all of this obsolete and bring us all together. Is this the alien invasion? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <Did you> just- <laughs> well, then we could, then we have an outsider to where we would shift all our shit from right. each other to them. And Eddie Griffin had a bit about it. He's like, he asked the crowd, he goes, you believe in aliens? And half the crowd was like, no. And he goes, y'all some arrogant motherfuckers. You yeah. know he goes, here's the thing. Aliens visit this 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 planet. They never land. No, they're just we're the fucked up planet tour. They're like we're the zoo. They pull up. And they're like, look, look at them fight. Look at them fight. Hey, shouldn't we land, motherfucker? They're killing each other over black and white. We're purple. What the fuck do you think they're gonna do to us? Get yourself a good look. We're going. You know. And I'm like, it's probably true because we we're the you wouldn't worry about the universe. Right? You wouldn't worry about black or white if you got some fucking green dude trying to anal probe you. You'd both be like, no, nah, man. Keep that thing on my ass. That's a universal experience. I, I don't know one wants that in their ass. No, uh, I, now you can't say no one. Well, <laughs> I... <laughs> just shaming people out there that no, are into aliens. I, it's just, I'm thinking of my coworker, Corey. I asked him because he... he he got caught up with a with some bullshit, and there was a chance he might have served some time. And I'm like, "What would you do if you had to go to jail?" Because Corey ain't got a doing time type disposition. And he goes, "And you know, obviously he's gay. He's like, oh boy, I just find the guy who I found the most attractive. I think would protect me." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "See, that's not an option for me. So <laughs> I'm going to have to fight. I can't fuck my way to protection. That's just not on the table. That's." I looked on both sides of the menu, even flipped it over. Nope, I'm not sucking a dick to live. That's just not happening. <laughs> Sometimes death is better. Hey, man, seriously. I, I, but to get back to what you were saying, this is. but these are one of those conversations that I wish, and I've extended the invitation to, to one woman. One woman took it up, my friend Monique. And the other three were like, I, it didn't work out logistically. To have women on the show, to have this conversation, to see if we can, at least, even if it gets into a heated debate at the end, we can look at each other and go, now, do you understand our point of view? And, and do we understand your point of view a little bit better than before we started this conversation? And if the answer is yes, then that gives me a little bit of hope. That's going to take a very special woman to come on a show with three guys. I mean, just the, the, the sheer numbers. Uh, I, I would not want to go on a podcast with three feminists. Yeah. And, and try to. Please, know. if there's one out there, it's, send them my name. I'll go on. I'll, oh, believe me, I they're will. They're going to be like the conservative on Bill Maher. Like, we need to find the Michael yeah. Steele of women out there. Right. I, fuck yeah. it. I ain't scared. I am not scared. <laughs> I just. Well, fuck them where they live. I'll go over there. Scared? Why would you be scared? <laughs> it's not about being no. scared. It's just a, how are you going to cut through that? Well, first of yeah, all, if it turns the into the I view, mean, it's not about it's not about being scared or being afraid of losing an argument. It's, it's you get into this mob situation with this group thing when you've got three women ganging up on you. You're not going to cut through it. What's the point? Well, I think I think the one thing I that obviously the one thing the, all the women I've invited to be on the show have in common is they know me and they know I'm not going to fucking I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to walk them into a buzzsaw. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, it's and they've listened to the show. Yeah. And I it mean, would, it would seem like somebody that at least you and Aaron both know that there's going to be a level of comfort there at least. You know, I don't think we don't know any of the same women. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to start meeting more women. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
Well, and, but also that's that's the thing. I mean, it's just the idea of having these uncomfortable conversations. I understand we can't. Not everyone is going to want to do it. So fucking be it. But if people are willing to, then it's it's just like going to the like w- with Trump and North Korea. A lot of the criticism was, why are you going to talk to meet with with, with little Kimmy and he he's you're, he, you know he's bringing nothing to the table. He's not he's not halting his nuclear program. Blah blah blah. If the people are willing to come and meet you halfway, you have to meet them halfway as well. And that's to me that's the hardest part of all this because you, people are like you said so dug into the trenches of their ideologies that they won't get out of that fucking trench no. to go shake hands halfway across the battlefield and sit down and talk. Right. And I, it, it, I'd like to think, I'd like to think there's a lot more people out there who are willing to do that, but they just don't know where to start. I don't I mean, think there's a lot. I don't think there's a lot, but I, 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 I'll come back. There's two things that I, that I, that came to mind when you were saying that. And there's, I forget who said the, who, who the quote was from. Uh, but if somebody takes a step in your direction toward reconciliation, meet them halfway. In other words, if somebody's willing to have a conversation with you, the least you can do is take down your, <laughs> your cross and have a conversation with them. Meet them in the middle. You know, nobody has to give up their autonomy or their their identity, but have the discussion. Meet them. And the uh, the other thing I was thinking about was something I, I started getting into, into earlier when I was talking about Twitter. Uh, when I, I said I found the redeeming value in it, Aaron. All right. Uh, there, are, there are more people out there than I realized who are, I don't, I don't engage on Twitter. I'm not making the same mistake that I made on Facebook. I'm using it as a tool. Uh, yeah. I'm using it to market escapingthecave.com. And uh, sort of lurking and seeing what the discussion looks like. And there's a lot of bullshit out there. I mean, you, you, can, you can tell the fundamentalists the political fundamentalists immediately but i was very pleasantly surprised i mean this i mean i'm a little cynical sometimes i don't know if you've noticed but i've noticed that there are a lot more people out there than i realized and maybe it's because the places i'm going like ulet and all these other uh sort of i guess more intellectual sites uh or pages or threads or whatever you want to call it but there are more people seeing the damage that the political religions, the extremism, and the fundamentalism is causing than I thought there would be. <laughs> there are a lot more, and I've kind of gone. You know, I've, I've, I, I like the Twitter idea that you can follow somebody and say, say, hey, hi, I'm over here, <laughs> you know, and not have to friend them and not have to engage them and all that. Right. Uh, but I'm starting to target certain people that are giving me this idea, this inclination that they are reasonable human beings that seeing the problem with the division tribalism and the political fundamentalism and there are more than i expected to find so i don't know what that says culturally you know i've been walled off the one difference between facebook and twitter is facebook is incredibly incestuous you get locked in to the same fucking people and their friends and the discussions you have don't change twitter on the other hand i didn't realize this but it's more wide open it's like going to a bar as opposed to going to a family reunion Right. You know what I mean? There is some redeeming value in there, but you have to know how to use it, I think. You can't get involved. You have to pick and choose who you want to associate with, not start getting into the, you know, the flame wars and the, the, the political showmanship, the avatar showmanship and the matrix. You can't do that, but I think you can find people there. 
Well, right. Uh, Rich and I were just talking about this last night. And one of the reasons why I went to Twitter over Facebook was that I like to I like to see what people post that, you know, people that I don't know. I have no idea who they are. Right. Or that or what their, you know, political agenda may or may not be or, you know, they're not famous or anything. I just like, you know, especially people from other countries and shit. I told them that I follow people that post in languages that I don't even understand. But right. I, I, if I was to keep that up on Facebook, which I did, I did find a lot of uh, random people on Facebook, but unless I engaged with them, I wouldn't know what they were posting unless I actually went, oh, wait, what about that Japanese guy that I friended for some reason? Right. What? Uh, let me go directly to his page and see what he's posting. Whereas right. on Twitter, I, I get all of that shit. Yeah. It's, I gotta it sounds like... It sounds like Twitter. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dan. No, I just what I, I'm actually going to toot your horn a little bit, Rich, because uh, when I came on the podcast before I went to Peru back in November, I was pretty. Uh, I was done with social media. I mean, I was railing against. I called it the social. I still think it's a social media disease, uh, but I don't think. I think you were right in a sense, Rich. That, and I think you too, Aaron. I think you actually made the same argument back then that it, it may be redeemable. That we may just be. <clears throat> Early on, I've got this thing coming up on my podcast. This uh, probably, hopefully, this weekend. It might actually drop the same day yours does. Sorry about that. Uh, at escapingthecave.com. <laughs> that is, uh, I call it the cyber. We're cyberspace monkeys. I may have mentioned this on another show. We don't know what the fuck we're doing with right. all this. And I'm getting the idea more so, I think, than I had in November that we're evolving it. That I think this Facebook controversy, this uh, crisis that Facebook's going through, maybe it's MySpace moment where it just sort of begins to wither and die. And I think we're going to learn a lesson from this, one way or another. We're early in this. As I said before, you know, when I was talking about the Neil, uh, not Neil Postman, but the, uh, the Marshall McLuhan book, Understanding Media, this all dumped on us within the last 20 years. We don't know what we're doing with it yet. We don't know how it's affecting us yet. But maybe, 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 Taking a, a Dorothy approach on this is that maybe we'll we'll start to adjust a little bit to it. Um, I don't know. Well, but I, I, I love the term cy- cyberspace monkeys. That is perfect. <laughs> Thanks. We're spamming like the too. can on social media. Yeah. No, I, I I think when it comes to Facebook, Facebook first of all has lasted way longer than I thought it ever would. I. Any other form of social media that I was ever a part of came and went, could have came and went two, three times, some of them, in the, in the time right. since Facebook's been around. And, you know, every time I hear, this is the death of Facebook, when your grandma has a Facebook page, right? No, none of the kids are going to want to be on it. But I, I don't know if Facebook's ever going to, but that, I mean, everything ends eventually, obviously. I don't want to sure. get into that existential discussion. I think it's going to evolve into people are going to use it as a way to keep in touch with people, to keep people at arm's length, but still within reach. But uh, that and, also, sense? and also let the ones that you want to be closer to in. You exactly. know, it is useful for that. I think, I think you and I, Rich, have a, a pretty good uh, a template for a Facebook relationship. You know, we can talk to each other. We can get on Messenger and we can interact via these posts and everything. But 
we don't have to. You know, everything that I post, you don't have to be involved in. Everything you post, I don't have to be involved in. I don't have to be involved with your fucking friends. You don't have to be involved with my fucking friends. You know, that's where I think it's useful. I'm not, I thought for a while this week that I was going to just delete it. That I was going to delete all my, just sort of out of reactionary uh, sort of reaction. I, and I, I'm not going to do that. I like Messenger. I like being in touch with people that I want to be in touch with. I like being able to contact these folks without having to get on my phone or text them. It's a useful tool as long as it's used as a tool. It's when it's it turns all of us it, in touch. It has. That's the only reason I'm here, man. Yeah, I mean, I contacted. I, uh, I, I I think I may have texted you or I contacted you on Facebook somewhere, Rich. I did the same with you, I think, Chris. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not <laughs> useless. Well, I mean, the last see, and it's funny because, God damn it, dude, it's kind of like. There's some parallels in our life, and I don't know why. I'm just going to chalk it up to just fuckery and coincidence. Bad but luck on it, your part. <laughs> in, the, <laughs> in the last week, you know, I've vented on Facebook a few different times, and I've had some people who are on the fringes of friendship come in and start just hard-charging right at it. And I'm like, okay. I'm almost to the point where I'm going to have to like post this and I was going to do it earlier tonight, and I said, you know what, I'll just let it lay. For, and if it happens a third time, then obviously I need to make this clear to people. I post on Facebook either to amuse myself or to vent shit that no one else wants to hear or they're tired of hearing me say. And that's, it's, a, it's just a mental dump is really what it is. And I don't get in debates on Facebook on my page. I don't go to other people's page and, and, and start arguments and debate them on their page. And I hold myself to that standard. So you're going to respect that standard on my page, period. Right. And I'm, you know, the rule I have is if you want to have this conversation, even if it's, it's a, if it is going to be a heated debate, if I think you're worth having that conversation or debate with, you know how to get hold of me. And mm-hmm. if you don't, reach down, realize them things between your fucking legs aren't there just for decoration. Grab your balls, hit me up on Messenger. And say, can I have your phone number and we can talk about this? Or right. you want to meet someplace and, and have a drink and talk? And if I want to, I will. And if I don't, I don't. But I'm not going to have this these long, drawn-out, six-week-long, it devolves into libtard, snowflakes, cuck, <laughs> yeah. all this bullshit with people. Because one of the things I hate about trying to debate someone I know online is a lot of what I say doesn't come across well unless you hear me say it. Right. There's no context. Exactly. You don't pick up the sarcasm. Or you, that's why I don't. I, 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 I dipped my toe for a little bit after my divorce into online dating and realized that it's just not for me. I am, I am a better. I, <laughs> I'm better to experience in person because then you're either going to know, oh, you're an asshole and I want nothing to do with you, or you're an asshole, but you're kind of interesting, so I'll have something to do with you. That's about it. Online, I either come off bland as fuck or I come off as cerbic as fuck. And that's just and I I I'm to that point where it's like I'm just venting. I say outlandish shit. Obviously you, you shouldn't be taking it serious. And I got people coming in like, Well, if you're gonna sit there and talk about getting pegged by a gorilla in a glass house and I'm like, Oh my god, really, really? That Yeah. There's a double edge what, to this. 
I think. And I, I'm going to get into that in the, in the next podcast when I start talking about it. A lot of the by next one is about social media. And I'm, I, it's taken so long to get it up because I've had to reconcile a lot uh, between where I was in November and where I'm at right now, the marketing, the podcast and stuff. And what I've learned, I think, from my own experience, I made a lot of mistakes with social media, with Facebook. And there's an element that I think there has to be some consideration for the people who are connected to you. And I made the mistake, I'm not saying you're making the mistake, but it sounds like a lot of what I used to do, where I would take anything that pissed me off, politically, socially, whatever, and I would, as I like to say, napalm Facebook villages with it, be it religion, politics, whatever, to people that didn't ask for that. They didn't ask for my opinion implicitly on these subjects. The only, But since they were in my feed, they were going to get it. Now, there is an element, well, if you don't want to read it, scroll on past. Fine, point taken. But that's not how we typically were raised. You didn't go to church and start ranting about atheism. You didn't give your unsolicited theological or anti-theist opinions to religious people. You didn't go to the bar and discuss politics. And Facebook, at some point... And I think it's sort of, I think it's retracting from that point now. But at some point, it became a free-for-all. The uncensored id took over, where everybody had to hear everything, every opinion that you had. And I think that is a problem, because like we were talking earlier, the extremism or the balance, you know, you move this way, it causes this. So you can put all this stuff out there, not you specifically, Rich, but you in general. You can put all this stuff out there, like I did. I ranted on religion. It didn't do any good. It didn't convert anyone's beliefs. It made me feel good because, hey, I'm articulate. Look what I can do after I edited this post for 10 minutes. But what? <laughs> no, really. That's another thing I'm getting into. That's another thing I'm getting into in this podcast. You know y'all do it. <laughs> you don't sit there and type that shit in in the first draft. Fuck you. I know better. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> It's more than one paragraph. Yeah, it's edited. <laughs> exactly. It's exactly right. I forgot what I was going to say now. But it, 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 no, it has this reaction, though. Yeah, I can put that out there. And yeah, my friends and my other anti-theist friends will think I'm a hero. And they'll give me the holy like and the dopamine hit. But it just radicalized somebody else to the other end. They're going to just dig their fucking heels in deeper. You're not helping it doesn't help a goddamn thing other than getting your ego's dick a little hard. Like sticking your hand in your pants. That's it. You're not doing anything. It's like masturbating. Oh, it's definitely. I, 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 that is I, the whole reason I have the attitude about I don't go on people's pages and start debates with them. Right. And right. I don't entertain people coming in and debating on my page is because right. my I'm cousin and a buddy of mine. I posted something after the 2012 election, and my cousin come in, huge right-winger. My buddy leans a little bit to the left, but he's more of in the center. And they went back and forth and back and forth for six fucking weeks on my page. Right. And I finally, I was like, look, I posted this, and I was like, I'm going to leave it up. Hopefully, y'all, you got a couple hours. Hopefully, you both see it. I'm done with this shit. I'm not doing this. All right. One one is a family member, and one is a friend who, at one point in my life, was closer to me 
than most of my family. You've met each other in real life. You got along. You're both musicians, and yet you both are fighting. And at this point, it's not about changing anyone's mind. It's about who gets the last word wins. So I'm well, getting the last fucking no, word. There's another element to that as well, uh, and that's showing off like children. Like you've got this audience, you know, uh, in this somebody's. Especially when you go to somebody else's page. I remember this with you and your, I think it was your cousin, Chris. Uh, that that exchange that I had with him <laughs> back in 2014 was the beginning of my I am not going to post on anybody else's page policy. And if I do, it's going to be something really short and really innocuous. Something that's not going to um, inspire or in uh, trigger any any sort of flame. And... I think when you go onto someone else's page or you go into a forum or you go into a comment section, even the, like a, a newspaper comment section, there's this element where these online avatars, these little characters we create, go into performance mode. And you've got to show off for everybody else who's sitting there watching you. You can't get beat down. You can't lose because there's a fucking audience there. It's like little children showing off. That's, and that, that's why I, I sent you that video of that guy who was making a rap video going around to rich people going, can I use your car for about 10 minutes? And he filmed himself in front of the car. He's like, mm. can I use your backyard pool? That's all. That, it, when I saw that video, I don't know if you got the connection. I was like, that's what, that's Facebook right there. Right. That's, it, you know, I, I saw someone post something once. I hope you guys have as good a lives <laughs> as you try to make it sound like you do on Facebook. Oh God. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's the that's the personal branding bullshit that I'm going to get into as well. I mean, there's a, there's a whole lot of this stuff that's coming up on that. But, you know, the, the, what, talking about the showing off and the you can't lose sort of attitude that people take when they get onto, onto social and they, they start engaging somebody else who's not agreeing with what they're saying, that shit has real consequences. You know, I, to, I told you the story, I think, about uh, when I was hitchhiking and I was out in Phoenix in Halloween just before the election. And Trump guy and liberal guy started... Facebook posting at each other in person, and there was an audience oh, there. Well, yeah, it was really, it was pretty fucking weird because they were all friendly. I don't know. I'll tell, I'll, I'll tell a quick version of the story again because I'm sure we got new listeners. But I was out in Phoenix at a, at a friend's house, and we're out at a Halloween party. It was Halloween, and just this little apartment complex, maybe six, eight people out there just drinking beer, having a good old time. Nothing, no big deal, you know. Nothing political. It was just before the election, maybe a, a ten days. Uh, no, it was the 31st. It was a guy's weekend in a day. And I'm um, sitting there with liberal guy. Liberal guy and I start talking, start talking about the traveling and stuff. He was pretty impressed with what I did. He was, very, he was really wanting to show off his liberal and social credentials. And another guy comes downstairs from the apartment upstairs, and they start interacting, chatting, you know, having a nice cordial little conversation. And then all of a sudden, liberal guy decided he was going to whip out his Facebook avatar and meme the guy. Just pulled out some bullshit, horseshit, stupid. I mean, it was cringeworthy. I, I can't remember what it was, but I remember sitting there cringing, like, why did you do that? And it was like dropping a meme on some guy's Facebook page. And then Trump guy, the other guy was a Trump supporter. That's why he did it. Trump guy did the same thing. He just puffed his chest up and dug into his little stockpile of memorized political memes and they started going back and forth. You could see it. They, neither one was listening to each other. While the other one was speaking, the other one was going through his whatever stockpile he had of cliche political retorts. 
And they, they just started throwing these things back and forth at each other, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and almost got into a fight in a matter of like two minutes after being friendly with each other. And that was a, really, that was a seminal moment for me because I saw what happens when you get into this show-off, win-at-all-costs, fuck any sort of discourse, conversation, mentality, and you take that avatar out into the real world and sort of become some bizarre cyborg. And I knew at that moment, I mean, I, I'm sitting here watching this, and of course I'm like, I'm just horrified uh, <laughs> at what it means, I, I guess, signif- what it signified, sign- uh, signified socially, but I also knew that I had done that exact same thing. I had done it a lot, and yeah, it was, it was embarrassing. But that's what happens. You get in there, and you, you start to hone your skills as far as how you're showing off to your mob or your friends or whoever else, and all of a sudden, you can't lose. You can't have a conversation. It's all about winning. And I think that, that mentality, I think it becomes habit. And I think that's a lot of what is damaging the fabric of the culture now. And I think a lot of it is social media's fault and how we've been using it. I mean, I, I even I just think back to the days of like musician forums and stuff that I used to go to, and I've literally seen people lose jobs, you know, people meddle in other people's personal lives over something said online, and I just go, Jesus fucking Christ, it's a fucking forum about music, guys. It started because you said you think the Velvet Underground sucked, and now it's turned into you doxed the guy and found his fucking wife's where his wife works and is trying to get her fired. And it escalated. That's how... And, it, and that's when I was like... I, I, I literally pushed away until Facebook came around and was like, I, I can't do it. And to be completely honest with you, the only reason I joined Facebook was my ex-wife. Yeah. And, and then when I did, I'm, I'm right with you, Todd. That's, that's why I try to keep it... For the most part, you're my friend on Facebook. If if you've seen, I just post stupid shit. Mm. I posted a I posted a picture of Will Smith shrugging. Says I post funny shit. I post stupid shit. I just sometimes be posting shit. That's just what I do. That's that's what I do. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Hey, this guy. You know this. This might make fucking someone laugh. This might make someone crack up. I know I'm not going to change anyone's mind. And that's how come I had to kick myself for the two venting posts that I posted this week because. <laughs> People who never interact with me decided it was time to come in, and it's uh, I can literally see what in my mind's eye them cracking their knuckles and sharpening their you know their knives yeah. and being like, oh yeah, yeah, well, he's back. Once they're in it, though, once they're in it, once they they fire that first shot, they're in it. It's it's a it's a cage match to the death because they cannot be seen as being beaten. That's why these you know you were talking about this post that goes on for six weeks. So that's exactly why that is, because they can't, somebody, neither one of them can step the fuck away from it and be seen as uh, walking away, backing down. Yeah, the last, I, I got in a little altercation a couple weeks ago, and it just eventually, I was like, why am I, it just like, I, was, I know the stove is hot, and I eventually just muted the fucking notifications on it, because the person just wouldn't stop. That's why. Like, and it's just like... I'm just going to walk away because you just you you can't be wrong. You can't this this isn't discourse anymore. 
Understand why, though. It's not just because they feel like they can't be wrong. It's not anything that's internal. It's they can't be seen and appearing as being wrong. You see what I mean? It's, like it, it's av- they it's just avatar. kept coming back with the same shit over and over, and I'm just that's, like, dude, I'm just gonna like, just I'm just gonna mute this because you can't like. I get it. You've made the same point ninety fucking times. Like it's my the favorite avatar type of- performing in the Matrix. My, my, you know, my, for my everybody else that's of, there. My favorite type of of social media clusterfuck that like that is when I get a notification that I've been tagged in something. Yeah. And I go click on it and I see a 150 response thread and it's just people fucking attacking each other and then someone goes, "Well, my buddy Rich will agree with me and they tag me and I'm like, "Don't drag me into this." Yeah, fuck you. Get away from me. That's the, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the equivalent of, of of I show up at your house, you hop in the car and go, "We got a problem." No, we don't have a problem. You have a problem. Yeah. I what is I, this we shit white man? Get out of here. Got, I've gotten rid of all those folks, and I don't let I, I make most of my posts on Facebook now public because I know people stalk me, and I want them to be able to read half the stuff. But I really don't want to hear anything they have to say. Uh, but the people that I do have in there, I think I have fifty three friends now, something like that, and half of those are travel friends that I probably won't ever talk to again or see. Uh, but the ones that I have left that I actually have some semblance of a relationship with, I've made sure that either I do want to hear what they say. You know, I want people to, I, I like the discussions with smart people that I have on Facebook. I do. I always have. That's why I started that group. Uh, so I, I, I have those folks in there. I want them to understand that, yeah, I am interested in what you have to say on this stuff because most of the stuff you, you post just to fuck around. I post to make people think. That's 90% of what I do, either that or to uh, spread the podcast a little bit. And the other people that are in there, the ones that I really don't care what they think, they have other value to me. Either I know them personally, I've known them for years, decades, they have some actual capital accrued in my life. So I'll tolerate their fuckery to a point until that capital dwindles enough where, you know what, no, this isn't worth it anymore, and then I'll hit the eject button. It's kind of how I've come to uh, started to use Facebook. I think in the last, I think that's the balance that I found. You know, uh, I think there is some value in exchanging ideas and having good conversations, even if they are edited on Facebook. Uh, but yeah, I don't want a uh, an open door policy where every fuck stick back to elementary school is going to come in and, and be a you know social media pundit on my profile. I don't want that. Yeah, no, no, thank you to that. I mean, I, I kind of feel like this last week, I'm in that. I, I forgot the lesson taught by Bill Hicks, where he's like, you know, weed should not only be legal, it should be mandatory. Like someone <laughs> sitting there stressing out, like all oh, these bills and the, and the wife and the kid. Here, shut up, smoke this. Oh, I'm sorry, I was taking life seriously for a second. Shit, I forgot <laughs> it's just a ride. Right. All right. Well, well, none of us are really wired to just sit here and act like it's a ride. If we, if we were. I don't think we would have been on been doing this podcast for three and a half hours. You know, we're not wired that way. We think about things and uh, we observe things. We care. I think all four of us do. You know, we're not wired to just sit here and yeah, fuck it all. If we we're seriously, we would not be doing this right now if we were wired that way. So the trick is, I think, in my opinion, is to eliminate the noise, eliminate the fuckery. And the points of anxiety when it comes to that kind of stuff. Get rid of the, just get rid of the bullshit. It's the dentist doctrine again. People that you cannot reach that are not adding anything positive to the discussion, your life, 
something, let them go. Take them back to 2004 before Facebook and let them fade into history. Yeah, we, I think we all suffer from one of my favorite lines from the show The Wire. There you go giving a fuck again when it's not your turn to give a fuck. <laughs> I mean, it, it applies to so many things in my life, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're not wired that way, though. You're not wired not to give a fuck. If they, no, exactly. You, you that's have, the problem. Well, it's not a problem. I don't think that's a problem at all. You've got to surround yourself with the right people who also give the right kind of fuck. I want to not give a fuck so bad. Oh, me too. Dude, I've tried. Man, I want to go jump in my backpack. I got my backpack sitting over my right shoulder here, and I've been, I, I swear to God, dude, I want to give this podcast up. I'm sick and fucking tired of trying to build an audience and build a brand. I want to let it go. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I am not kidding at all. And I've got that backpack sitting right there. I've got this microphone sitting right here that I'm, I got about three more days on the return to Guitar Center, and I'm stressing over it. I'm like, fuck this. What am I bothering with this shit for? I'm not reaching anybody. Nobody is listening to me. Why am I putting all this up? What the fuck do I care for? I really, I swear to God, I want to get in that backpack. I want to strap it on. I want to go get on a bus, hop off, and go sleep in the fucking weeds with where at least the mosquitoes are authentic. You know, they're the blood suckers that let you know they're blood suckers right up front. <laughs> yeah. There's no pretense to it. Yeah, and the people that I meet because I'm a fucking hitchhiker and I'm a backpacker, I'm disposable to them. They're real. There's no facade, no bullshit with them. Well, I think it goes I back to something that, something that Aaron and I were talking about, I, and it's going to come off so fucking like. I'm patting our, ourselves on the back. I'm really not. I'm just, it's an observation I've noticed. Of the cats that we have, we have one that, if they were human, they would probably be labeled special needs. Probably. <laughs> the potato cat. Right. Yeah. Noodle, noodle, close your ears. <laughs> He's happening. He happens to be patting her right now. But, I mean, she is the most happy, loudest purr, just wants to be near you. And it's mm-hmm. like I, I, the, the old saying, "Ignorance is bliss." It, yep, 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 there you go. <laughs> Ignorance She's is just, bliss when it stays in its lane. When it gets exa- out of exactly. the lane and it swerves into the fast lane, it's dangerous. Exactly. I and, and sometimes I just was like, I, 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 I do, man. Your your analogy to Cipher in the Matrix is like, I just, I know this steak isn't real. I know it's not, but. It tastes good right now, right? I just and it's not enough to go back in. I don't want to remember anything, right? I, I feel like that sometimes. And here's the well, bitch this, of it: this isn't that's the matrix not, because even if you did give it up, you, you can't you can't wipe your memory. You're never going to be able to actually successfully shut the brain off. You've already you've already turned it on. It doesn't have oh, an off switch. Oh, you biology's taking that care of that. If I live long enough, everybody in my family dies from Alzheimer's. So. Eventually, I will forget who the fuck I am. <laughs> but and everything Maybe else, be like, yeah, you know, I, I honestly, I, some of the people in my family weren't very nice people. They, I just, I, death does not make angels of us all in my mind. I'm not one of those people. My grandfather being one, he was a horrible human being, but he was the happiest I ever saw him when he didn't know what the fuck was going on because all the bullshit he couldn't remember, and he actually became a nice person for a change every once in a while the old bastard part would come out right and my uncle would jerk a knot in his ass and be like look here old man you know and and he'd go oh, oh, oh okay it was like a little kid you know no little kid's perfect 
but he became a kid again, and the world was not all the bullshit he went through, the wars he saw, the the, the, right. the, the shit that had happened to him, and the, the disappointments and letdowns. The world was new again. Everything was new and exciting. And I, as fucked up as this sounds, God, it sounds like I'm going, we all need Alzheimer's, but maybe part-timers, not Alzheimer's. Yeah. But I, I just, I kind of looked at him at one point and was like, I, I'm kind of jealous. Now, I can let you off the hook here. It doesn't sound no, that way at all. What we need is a drug that makes us feel that way temporarily. Temporarily, yes. yes. Huh. Ecstasy. <laughs> Mushrooms for me, man. No, I can I can kind of let you off the hook in a, a sort of a philosophical way that I've always, you know, I, I talked about the cyberspace monkeys thing. You can apply the same idea to consciousness, I think. That consciousness, we have a barely evolved, infantile yeah. sense of consciousness. And consciousness can be a curse. That if you feel anything, you have any sense of self-awareness and you can't shut off what's happened to you, you can't shut off the, the internal narrative, whatever it is, whatever is, is causing that friction. Uh, it, consciousness is a curse, and I think, that's, I think that's what you're talking about. When you lose your memories and you lose that sense of egocentric consciousness, you become blissful. And I, I, I don't see Absolutely. any... I don't think there's anything wrong with what you said. I mean, I, I, it is a curse. I mean, you look around us, and you can apply this all the way up the, the human food chain. You know, that's a manifestation of a lot of what we've been talking about. And we don't know what the fuck to do with this. We don't know what the fuck to do with this infantile sense of consciousness, identity, ego, sense of self-supremacy. We all have the perception and the perspective that the world is you know, revolving and happening around us because of where our eyeballs are set in our head. We don't know what the fuck we're doing with it. And it, it manifests itself in so many areas and a lot of the places, a lot of the things that we talk about. So, yeah, I mean, I can see that. You know, it's like one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Jack Nicholson's character. You know, he wasn't climbing the fence and busting the windows out after the lobotomy, was he? No, but Chief Chief did what needed to be done after it. Yeah, Chief got it. Chief kept his fucking <laughs> mouth shut, jumped in a backpack, <laughs> got the fuck out of there. <laughs> anyway, all right. So, is is it as hopeful as a note as we can pro- possibly end this show? That's, on? It, that's yeah. it. That's a good note to go out on. Fair enough. <laughs> and at almost four hours, fuck it, we gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> MLB 18 kicked off, by the way. Uh, I have a new game to play tonight. So, so you ain't sleeping go. anyways, yeah, uh-huh. exactly, yeah. And I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Was it escapingthecave.com? I think it's, uh, what, uh, let me see, yeah, I think it's uh, escapingthecave.com, yeah. Or e- at ETCPod on the Twitter. There you go. Check out Todd. If you like what he, if you liked what you heard here, check out his podcast. Comes out I'm whenever a, the fuck he feels like it. I'm a whore now, aren't I? Huh? I feel hey, dirty. Man. You know, I went part of the podcast I went in tonight before we got on the air. I was recording, and it's like I was talking about how I feel like a whore. Hey, escaping, escape, escapingthecave.com. This ain't radio, son. We don't have the promote. We don't have a promotions department. We are the fucking promotions department. Yeah, yeah that's that's exactly right. Jesus. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for listening to us. And check out all the other podcasts because from media.net. Fuck it. Let's just hawk everything all at once. There you go. Uh, sure. Click on the Amazon portal. Click the donate button. Use PayPal. All that fun shit. Leave Make a sure review. you check out Sporgy this week as well. Yes. You like Especially if you're, a Duke, if you're a Duke fan. You'll love that episode. <laughs> <laughs> and NASCAR fan. NASCAR fans and Duke fans, you really need to listen to... to- Episode 93. 
Yes. But thanks for listening to this episode, and we will catch you next week. See ya. Later, guys. Thanks for having me, guys. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.